Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Boardcast, episode number 384. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. Normally, we break down the top geek stories of the past week in our Week in Geek, but since it's no. our 2008... 2000- no, Paul. What? Paul. Yeah. We go out to the news garden. <laughs> no, we, we, we pluck out. We... What did I say before? I don't know, man. You're a fucking lunatic. <laughs> I am. I just say stuff sometimes, and then you it do becomes, say stuff sometimes. Oh. It's true, and it signs up on the internet. And listeners, you can listen back to all 380. What? How many? These? This is 384 plus not episodes. Oh, you can listen to about 400 episodes. So about I don't know 600 hours of me saying stuff on the internet. But normally we do a weekly show where we break down the news garden. News, we go out to the news garden and uh, pick some of the best news. For you. Some of the and freshest, most most deliciously sun-enriched yeah. news stories. Of the past week, and we discuss it, but, to, but today we won't be doing that because it's our yearly look back. So we're, we don't have time. We don't have time for this. Plus, uh, there's nothing we could all agree on. Yeah. And then we go into the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out January 9th, 2019. Let's get ready to read. (laughs) Wow, that's going to be really long. Every every single time. Yeah, I know. It's 2019. Let's get ready to read. I know. Wow. That's commitment. (laughs) Then we followed up with our weekly... We follow up with our weekly rotating main topic, and this week we're going to be taking a look back, as we are want to do. But instead of taking a look back at the comics we read this past month, we're going to be taking a look back at the year of 2018 as a whole. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite beer, our favorite comics, some of our favorite movies, and some of our favorite TV shows that we've uh, imbibed over the year. Mm. I'm talking about imbibing. I saw what you did there, Chris. Thank you. Uh, Smooth segue. <laughs> Not when you call it out. <laughs> what, know, are what are that, you? What are you? That's part of the Bagger Boardcast drinking game, though. Whenever you call out a segue. What are I'm you taking, drinking? I'm a drink. What are you drinking, Chris? Because you're taking a drink right now. I was I was not able to answer because I was taking a drink. Uh, I'm drinking part of my Christmas present from my friends John and Paul, and this is coming to me from Barrier Brewing Company. And this is a collaboration with Buffalo Hardcore Legends Every Time I Die. This is their Hop Dam IPA. It's a double rye India pale ale. I don't know ABV on this one. I'm looking 7.5%. Uh, I was really excited for this beer because I love Every Time I Die. I love beer. It's a match made in heaven. Unfortunately, I'm not able to get it down here. So, John, thank you very much for coming through and sending me three cans of this. You're welcome. Um, this is the third and final can of it I have because I drank one that night when I got home from work, and then I drank another one at some point over the last two weeks. Uh, but I really enjoy this beer. It's got a great like citrus bite up front. It's just like biting into an orange rind, but it's not too like abrasive. It's like a great orange zest taste to it, and then it chases it up with um, just a great rye bite to it. It's not overly offensive, but like all those flavors do work really well together somehow. Uh, I, I really dug this beer. When I cracked open my first can of it, I was really afraid because it foamed up like right away. Even this one, even though it's been sitting for like 
almost a month now. Uh, as soon as you start to pour it into the glass, it foams all the way up to the top. You have to let it sit for a while. I was so worried that this beer just didn't travel well, but it's still delicious. It's great. Uh, I don't think I've ever had anything from Barrier before this, but man, I I want more now. Uh, no, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, we've had Barrier did, a couple mm-hmm. times on the show. All did really you have? Yeah. Did you try one of these at all? You know what? I actually, when we were sending you the beers, I put all three in there, and I was supposed to save one for Paul and I to drink. Uh, but I, but well, barrier. I'm I'm, I haven't. I'm really. sorry you didn't, but I'm glad you did. So, <clears> thank you. I, I've had some barrier. What was it? Money? Something money? Burning money? Burning. Or not burning money, but money? Yeah. Uh, that was. And it's I also good. had. Burn, it's okay. Money's yeah. good. It's a good IPA. It's okay. Like everything's pretty good. You know, it's all just kind of in the middle of the pack though with all these great IPAs. Like um, we, well, they, I am so IPA rich. Money is just their normal IPA. That's yeah. that's their IPA, but like we've had um suit and six and we've mm-hmm. had a couple other of their beers that that cross that line that are really really good. Right. But I'm so rich in these that they don't make a mark anymore for me. They If you go on my untapped, I hardly read anything. <laughs> But everything's a four and a half or five. You know, and you guys called fine. me out on being a beer snob. And then you say something like that. My life's too rich with IPAs for me to even think of that as an IPA. It's so good. But, you know, I don't even remember Barrier anymore because it's like within that realm of like, I'm not going to, if I see it, I'm not going to turn it down off the shelf. You know, if it's a good price point and I, it's something new, I'm like, I'll try it. Like, they're in that echelon. Yeah. yeah but as, as like an introduction to Barrier, I, I really dig this. I put it at a 4.25. This would be like a go-to IPA for me if this was something that was just like readily available. Exactly. Like I could just yeah. go to the store and like go to the cooler section and grab the hop down IPA. I would. Like this is just great drinkable beer to have just like sitting in your refrigerator. <laughs> And Paul, what are we drinking? Hey, talking about a go-to beer, uh, Big Ditch makes a beer called Hayburner, and that's one of the go-to beers that my wife will drink. Uh, first time, she- crazy that your wife's drinking an IPA. Will drink an IPA. She doesn't. What, really- what did Kate rate this one as? Kate would rate this as a four. Yeah. Okay. She's I think it would tap. be a five. Well, what would Kate Paul rate it as? Her go-to. Uh, I rate this as a four point five. You know, a Hayburner. Uh, which is their standard uh, double IPA, right? It's, that's a double? It's their standard it's, IPA. It's a standard IPA. Okay. I know your life is so rich with IPAs. <laughs> so rich with American IPAs so that uh, I don't even know. But they have a variant out right now, and it's called uh, Big Ditch Citra Burner. This is a more citra hop forward uh, of their flagship IPA, Hay Burner. And this is really smooth and delicious, and it's got that nice pulpy citra hop uh, essence to it. Uh, yeah, and like the cans, like it's their normal Hayburner can, but it's a tall boy can, but then there's this orange peel going through it, and when I took my first couple sips, I knew that it was a citra hopped one, but when I'm drinking, I'm like, did they put, like, orange juice in it? Mm-hmm. Is it, like, it's mixed with orange? Because it was so juicy up front. And then I just read it was just the citra hops, and I was like, damn, that's a good beer. It is really good. This is the best beer they make. Yeah. Because Big Ditch, like, like, if it's a not Hayburner, I don't one? care. It is a limited edition one. Okay. I would send you it, but it needs to be kept cold, and probably the time that it would travel, it would be a 
bad be a bad beer by then. And also, Florida, it's just hot. As soon as you get, oh man, as soon as you cross that border, it's hot. It's hot. Like I know they do the uh, lock series. In the lock series, uh, the first one and the last one have been like really amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other ones have been good, just IPAs Mm -hmm. in your eyes, in my words. Uh, (laughs) But. this one, I think this is probably one of the best things I've ever had from them. They do a jalapeno cream ale, mm-hmm. which is all jalapeno flavor, none of the spice, which is absolutely absolutely amazing, uh, I think. Hmm. But this is definitely probably the best thing I've ever had from them. Well, yeah, this is this is the best thing I've had from them, but I haven't had any of their lock series. I'm so spoiled. With really good IPAs, somebody asked me at work if I ever had Heidi Topper before. I'm like, yeah, it's really good. I know people go, oh, but Paul, they go crazy for it. I'm like, yeah, but right now you can go to a store, like Premier or any wag, any good decent Wegmans, any place and get and get sunshine that is just as good as Heidi Topper, and just and you'll be fine. Like. You don't need See, to go I, through all that. I was not impressed by a sip of sunshine at all, but like if you offer me a heady topper right now, I would gladly take it. I think, and this is the thing with me is like, it, it's reputation versus what it actually is. Like, would I want another heady topper? Of course, because like I want to try it again because it's so hard to get. But do I really feel like I'm missing out? No, because I get drunk really quick. One. <laughs> And two, there's so many good beers to drink that I can just get. Like, I can fall on a good beer right now. And that's all I mean when I feel like I'm rich. Like, that it's hard to keep up with how many that I like because I end up liking so many. I was talking to one of my regulars, and he was like, what's your... Karate chop that. (laughs) What's your, uh, like, what's your go-to beer? What's the thing that you bring home just to drink? And I was like, you know... I have new beers coming in every week that I just bring those home to try to, to talk about them. Right. That I don't have just a beer that I'm going to be like, I'll buy this and go home with mm-hmm. it. And, like, right now, it depends. Like, if I if I were to do that, it would probably be, like, Lagunitas Supercluster. nine ninety nine double IPA, Oof. juicy, tastes great. It's 8%. One or two of those, you're you're fine. Like yeah. that would be the thing that I'm just going to grab and take somewhere. Billy, uh, eighteen watt, great yeah. session, twelve ninety nine, four pack tall boys, mm-hmm. a little pricey, but it fucking tastes it, amazing. It does taste really good, and it's just uh, like the other other day I stopped at a gas station. Uh, it was a Wawa. Wawa makes like fresh sandwiches and salads, and they're actually really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the other night on my way home from work, I stopped, I got a sandwich, I got some snacks. I grabbed two Tallboy cans of uh, Founders All Day IPA. Beautiful. Two ninety nine. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't I? Exactly. And, that's the thing. and like, what's really funny too is a lot of the um, all the craft brewers now mm-hmm. are putting out those Tallboys, so you can get that. You can get. Um, you can get uh, 60 Minute. You can get um, Sequench from Dogfish Head. Yeah, they had that. I I wasn't a big enough fan of it when I had it, when they released it, to be like, oh, yeah, I'll drink more of this, but it wasn't bad. If I was going to the beach, I think I would I would take that. Yeah. Uh, New Belgian has four of their beers in Tall Boys. 
You know, like everybody, all the craft guys are getting on board to that because that's one, you do those beers, people are going to buy them to go golfing or mm-hmm. go to the sports thing that they're doing. They go into sports. Yes. They take the tall that boy. Was, he takes the tall that boy. That was the nerdiest thing I think you've ever said. <laughs> they're going to the sports thing that they're going to be doing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I, like, I golf. I go golfing with my dad. Like My new go-to sports beer is New School IPA from Southern Pier because I can get it at the arena. Yeah, but it tastes it's a malt bomb because nobody buys it soon enough. They keep it preferably fr- fresh when in the we arena. Went, when we went, we yeah. had old New School. Oh, really? Oh. Uh-huh. And I don't know about, like, see, I have the problem because I constantly get invited to sit in the box oh, yeah. with uh, what I do, so... I don't know what the peons are doing in the regular seats with their multi new schools. My, my, the regular From what seats I hear that I have to give my blood over. for, that I bleed for to get the seats. I'm going on Tuesday. Oh, nice. From what I hear, John, they're fighting over your crumbs that you dropped from the box, <laughs> actually. They should. So I'm going to go to the game on Tuesday, which guarantees that John will be up on a box on Tuesday. <laughs> Because, like, the last time I've been to a game, I think it's been once or twice, you've been in the... It's been two times, right, that I've been at a game and you've been in a box? I think so. At that same game? Yeah. I like that, like, all of a sudden, like, I'm sitting on the corner watching the game with, with my wife and talking with friends and, and people who service my store. And then I look down and go, hey, look down there, it's Paul McGowan! Hey, Paul! I know, you send a picture of me <laughs> from the box. And it's, like, so creepy. But, you know, it happens. What I love is I'm watching the whole time, and Paul, like, gets his message. He pulls out his phone, looks at it, and then he starts looking <laughs> around, and then he sees me, and then he's like, ah, fuck that guy. <laughs> what am I going to do? They're like, oh, you saw me. Like, I want to watch the game with my multi Oh, come on. Old... It was one of the 17,000 times that they were cleaning the ice. Come on. <laughs> Very busy. Anywho... Skipping the news. Skipping the news. Going right in to the books that we're looking forward to coming out January 9th, 2019. Let's get ready to read. You never did the 20 so enthusiastically. It was always just the last two digits. I know. Well, I used to do 2000. Yeah. Now it's 20. So now I'm doing 2019, Mm. changing it up. Mm. I'm doing it different. I got to do it oh. different every year, right? right. That's it's, a new year. it's a new way of right. saying it. It's a new like, way of saying it. I thought it was the last two digits that we were worried about, but it's. All I think of it's them? the whole saying, the whole okay. two thousand, okay. right? I guess. Am I wrong? Am I doing it wrong? Am I doing our bit wrong? Paul? I have no idea. Well, I don't know Paul, our bit. He's he's the one that made up the bit, so he can't do it wrong. <laughs> That's however, true. However, he chooses to do it is the way that it needs to be done. Thank you. How dare Bruce. you attack him? I'm not attacking. I'm just was How wondering. Dare you. I was looking for specifications. Don't kink shame him over this. Yeah. Don't not like my cat photo. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> I'm looking hey guys. forward to Wonder Comics from the DC Universe. It's Justice League, or it's Young Justice number one, written by uh, Brian Michael Bendis is doing this with uh, Pat Gleason on art. Oh. Pat Gleason, who I, I really enjoyed during his uh, uh, Green Lantern Corps. Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. Uh, uh so Batman be, and Ro- he did Batman and Robin. He's, yeah. he's done a lot of good stuff. The Batman and Robin—that's when they brought back Damien. Yeah, not a Damien fan. Stuff. 
the Damien stuff. I still like his art, though. Yeah. So I'm excited have, to see him. I have one of his pages hanging out my wall behind me right now. It proves that he can do young characters very well. And uh, he's going to be doing Damien again, because it's going to be Robin uh, leading this Young Justice team. So we'll see. Well, no, this is, this is Tim Drake. Oh, that's Tim Drake? Yeah, it's, but he's, it's not Damien. But he's wearing the Damien costume, it looks like. No, he's, he's on wearing the cover. a Robin costume? I thought there was a hood on it. but uh, I guess not, that is not a hood. Is his cape more feathery? No. No, it's... Uh, I'll take a picture. I'll send it to you. But okay, no, yeah, but Tim Drake. Uh, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, no, this I'm is, even more this excited. Is, uh, yeah, this is Young Justice. Yeah. So it's uh, Tim Drake, Robin. You got Connor Kent, Superboy, and then there's some other characters on there. You've got uh, Impulse coming back. Mm-hmm. Then new characters: uh, Teen Lantern and Ginny Hex, and then also uh, Wonder Girl and Amethyst. Okay. Cool. Cool. It'd be fun. Amethyst, which is a purple, right? That purple? Yeah, she, uh, she's like the gem world. Right. I just I like never those. know what color because I think that's pink, but apparently that's purple. Uh, it's a it's a pinky purple. Like you're not wrong. Okay. Well, you know me. In it's, colors. It's in between colors. We'll say that. I have a difficult time. Chris, what are you looking forward to read? Uh, I'm actually looking forward to a new Spider-Man book that's coming up, and this is uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man Number One, written by Tom Taylor with art by Juan Cathal. And this is the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. This is going to be the Spider-Man on more of that street level. Not Hell's Kitchen, Dark and Alley Streets, but this is the Spider-Man of the neighborhood. This is the one that he goes to a bodega? This is the Spider-Man that tries to fix the damage as he helps carry your groceries. Uh, As they say in the actual solicitation for it. Uh, I love Spider-Man. I don't read nearly as many Spider-Man comic books as I think I need to. Um, something we'll talk about when we get into our look back for the comic books. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be checking this one out. Written by Tom Taylor. He's actually done some of the other stuff we've read before with X-Men Red. He also spearheaded the Injustice comic that was coming out as a spin-off from the uh, NetherRealm Studios Mortal Kombat kind of Injustice fighting game. Oh yeah, Injustice uh, got Among Us. Uh, so he's he's a seasoned writer. I think it's great that Marvel's giving him a chance to do like their flagship character with Spider-Man. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. That sounds good. nice. That's a, I, I that's the Spider-Man that I enjoyed the most is when he's that street level character. That's why I liked Homecoming. You know, yeah, as much as I did, it was one of the movies that I was going to rewatch, but then I ended up watching. Uh, a Winter Soldier again because that's just the best. it's so good. I can't wait till we get that one on the the great Marvel movie retrospective. That's that's shoot to the top. Of King. It's so good. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's a, that's the cover I was looking at. I thought that was a hood. Yeah. On. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I think that I think what you're seeing as a hood is actually his hair. No, no, but I no, thought you know uh, it kind of draped a little over on his our right, his left. I thought that was draping a little bit more and making a hood, but uh, I see. Um, no, because that's very much the Tim Drake Robin costume after Infinite Crisis, where he dropped the dropped the, the green out of the costume, and it was just like the red, yellow, and black. Because it was Connor's colors. Exactly. Now he's back with his buddy. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. 
So, uh, listeners, we're sorry to be making so many uh, references to a visual uh, thing. So, uh, we'll give you what you really wanted want to hear. John talking about a comic book. <laughs> Nobody wants that. Uh, but I am looking forward to, from Image Comics, this is uh, Criminal number one, again. Wait, wait. The book is Criminal? Or the, book, the book's title is Criminal? The book's title is Criminal. Oh. Uh, this is written by Ed Brubaker, art by Sean Phillips. Uh, the two of them did a series quite a few years ago uh, called Criminal, where basically Ed Brubaker was taking um, old crime noir stories and and uh, and putting his own little twist on them, making them a little darker. I love pulp noir, and uh, I'm happy to see this book back. Some of the stories I really dig. Some of the stories I don't. And uh, I'm looking forward to this. So, listeners, I'm sorry. We need to take a little bit of time here and just talk about what the heck is on my tongue right now. <laughs> because uh, we're doing our next beer, which is a... Ah. It's, uh, so, we have two... We have three bottles of Great Lakes Christmas Ale. In front of us that we're... One of which, the bottle that... Paul drank was not aged properly. It right. was just it sat for three years in the podcast rooms, room temperature, and then we have a bottle. The bottle I took a sip from no, no, it no. doesn't taste good. Now, guys, uh, I am and a that cheap, one was cellared properly. And excuse my uh, French, uh, bastard who does not like to run his air conditioning if he doesn't have to. <laughs> so when we talk room temperature, sometimes it's in the eighties. <laughs> we, and we have central air at our house, and we run it. So, We're comfortable during the summer. Sometimes it's like, oh man, let's put a blanket on. It's still cold in here. Uh, I I live in Florida. It's in the eighties now in January. My AC runs constantly. See, I only run the AC like during the summer when I want to uh, right before going to bed. Uh, okay, the one that uh, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> I took two uh, sips of that because I was like, what uh, the hell is happening right now? It's like, it's really awful. <laughs> it's This isn't as bad as that. No, the the this properly is... aged one is not good, but it's better than the unproperly mm-hmm. aged one. And regular Christmas ale is nice. Yeah, it's nice. A whole lot of ginger on it. Christmas, yeah. Uh, the great, so we're drinking Great Lakes Christmas ale. I know Chris, uh, John just said that. But the regular Christmas, uh, when you buy it fresh and drink it, it has so much ginger. It just on the aftertaste. It just like that's all I get. I get cinnamon up front, and then ginger shows up. Yeah, and it's, it's a little like more ginger apart. this year than the cinnamon. But it's so, got those. It's got those Christmas spices with those ginger. On the poorly aged one, I get cinnamon, and then just rancid. Yeah, it's not good. Both of them like <laughs> they're both the same. There. They're both the same batch. They both have a uh, funk on the mm-hmm. bottom of the bottle. Uh, like, why do you keep drinking from that? <laughs> because one? I don't know what's going on. They're not good. So here's the thing. Uh, don't age Great Lakes Christmas. And if you are going to age it, age it properly. It'll taste better than not. And what is proper? Proper is keeping it in a basement if you have one. Uh, or it's keeping it more at a cellar temperature of 45 to 50, 50 degrees. degrees. Uh, keeping it out of light. Mm-hmm. And then just trying to not rustle it up or move it or yeah. just kind of keep it so, still. So if you don't have a cellar... If you have an old refrigerator, keep it at its warmest temp that you can, 
and just keep it in there in the dark and only open it up that fridge to either take out a beer or put in a new beer. Yeah. Right? Like that that's That's how I do it. I have a fridge. Bottom layer is long term and I kinda want to kind of for my yeah. wife. Don't don't touch these beers. Uh middle shelf is uh aging we can drink them soon. Top shelf, free for all. You can drink anything from that top shelf. And uh, it's got like and a vanilla- thing in the door is, is also free game. It's got almost a vanilla flavor. It, it's but it's it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's it's not. I don't know. That's, I've been drinking, guys. So, so I, uh, guys, 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 guys. I've been drinking. I've been drinking, and I've been trying to do drive dryery. I, I thought you were gonna say I've been drinking. I've been trying to drive. No, I've been uh, so. No? So, so, Chris, the last time I drank was with you on New Year's Eve. Oh, we, we drank. We were playing, we were playing World Eve. Warcraft. What, how many days ago was that, Paul? Six days? Yeah. Four. Four days? Four days. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to dry it out. I'm going to come over to John's and drink six beers. So th- the podcast is the only time that I'm going to be drinking now. You know, for the rest of January. And I'll see how long I can sur- do that. Because normally... I get home from work and I'll have two beers. And, uh, man, that Citra burner hit me. <laughs> so let's keep going, huh? Let's, let's keep going. With, let's keep on going to the podcast. Paul's going to finish off that old Christmas sale. He keeps going back to it anyways. <laughs> that's the thing. It has a little bit of vanilla. It's not. Uh, that's the thing. It kind of hates me, but, you know, it's kind of like the United States. It's just, you know, it doesn't know who I am. <laughs> so that yeah, that's that's a thing you said. Uh, but also, Paul, are you ready for that dramatic reading? I, I have a beer too. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, way to forget about me. Uh, you gave him this beer, listeners. I have you, to come clean. Did. All I did was package up and ship the beer. I did not buy Chris any of the beer. I sent him hundreds of dollars of beer. Not that much, but uh, this is coming to me from John from Evil Twin Brewing, and this is sorry I have to clear my throat because I have to do an Axel Rose. <clears throat> you in the jungle, baby. And you uh, just over dramatic my dramatic reading. <laughs> uh, so I didn't read the bottom of this before. So when I saw you're in the jungle, baby, I assumed it was going to be like a tropical IPA or something. Uh, and then when I started pouring it into my glass, it was coming out like really dark. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay, it's something different. And then I just read the can. Uh, this is an imperial stout brewed with pistola chili, honey, tangerine peel, and cocoa nibs. So that kind of describes the flavors that I'm getting off of it. I'm going to take another real little sip quick. Because it's... Like a little bit of a fruit pop on the back end, but then it just kind of melts away into like a smoky, very dark stoutness that just really coats the tongue. I'm not getting a lot of chili flavor unless that's being balanced out by the honey. Um, yeah, that one's usually when there's like balanced. It it is because usually when there's like chili in a beer, it's it's kind of ramped up a little bit just so you can get like either the taste or the heat from it. I'm really not getting much of that at all, but it, it has a nice linger on the tongue. Like, I'm still, like, smacking my lips, and I have just 
that nice, like, dark chocolate, like, stoutness there. This is good, but it it's viscous almost. Uh, John, you've had this before. You, you tell me your thoughts on it as I go back into it. Uh, yeah, no, I think the same thing. Like, I, I think I was expecting from Evil Twin, like, a lot more... Um, I don't know if I want to say the character of the beer. Like, I really wanted, like, layers of those flavors coming out. But everything yeah. is fairly well balanced together. It, it's really light up front, but then that stout just kind of eclipses your tongue. Wow. I, I and, can see where you're saying, like, this is a beer to share because there's a, a richness to it. Like, it's not sweet, but just the depth on the back end there. And I mean, it's twelve percent, uh, and it's also it's a collab between um, Evil Twin, Jackie O's Brewing, and uh, Dorchester Brewing. So it's a collab between th- three breweries um, that tried to inspired by mind blowing desserts um, is what it's uh, it's model after. I read it off of the. The details, it says it. Inspired oh. by mind-blowing desserts created by the Nordic eatery that popped up in the middle of Mexican jungle. Interesting. Oh, you're laughing at my hair? <laughs> yeah, because uh, you're a little sockified. Uh, yeah, I've been running my hands through my hair. It's standing on end. It's, it's okay. standing on end. It's it's sockified. It's sockified. It's a joke. Sorry, guys. No, it's, I, I like this. I wish it had like a little bit more like a sweetness to it, but it it's complex. I'll say that. I like it though. Thank you, John. Hey, uh that, that beer is seventeen ninety nine a four pack. Wow, really? Yes. That explains that like richness to it then. Wow. And I didn't realize it was twelve percent. I didn't see the A B V on the can. Yeah, it's um So let's all hope that Chris oh, yeah. doesn't work tomorrow morning. <laughs> I don't. I'm off all day. I can't wait. I'm like oh, go back yeah, to two our, days off. In a row, I'm off. I can't believe it. I'm off I'm tomorrow to go back too. To our previous uh, pre-show talk, I might go to the movies since I did all my chores and housework today. I'm, I just need to decide if I want to see Aquaman or Spider Verse. It's probably going to be Spider Verse. If you're off all day, why not both? <laughs> like I'm, I'm seriously <laughs> thinking. Like when Kate was sick, I was like, "Ooh, should I just go to the movies for the day?" Like, That's a lot of time to sit in the theater. And yeah, but I just I, watch football all day. So, I, like, yeah, what's but, the difference? But, Paul, you were able to get up and probably, like, walk around. And you were also doing other things while you were Yeah, like getting her more football. soup and, like, actually taking care of my wife. So, like, I have, yeah. for those of you that don't know, because we are an audio podcast, I'm extremely freakishly tall. I have really long legs. I can't oh. sit in a movie theater or Space for Mountain. too long. Or Space Mountain. I will not do that right. Yeah, but, you know, what's nice is, like, the recliner seat theaters. Yeah, I mean that's not bad, but I just get uncomfortable. Like I'm, I work all day on my feet, so I'm used to being up and moving around. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, I'm sitting somewhere way. for too yep. long, like I all three I just of us get antsy. I can't you say do all it. three of us, but Paul, Paul, for 17 years, Chris and I have been on our feet doing more retail jobs. Where you've had some desk jobs. I've had some desk jobs, but I've like for the past over five years, it's all been. Facilities. It's all been well, yeah. Like, facilities. But you walk around and steal, stole people's lunch. <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> I, I feel like if I did get a desk job, I would have to get one of those standing desks because I just wouldn't be able to handle sitting. Oh, I could. I like everybody that I installed a standing desk for within the week had me take it out. 
<laughs> like I couldn't. Stand I it I just rotated spot. one. I only bought one standing desk, and I would rotate it because everybody, you know, it became a thing where somebody would ask for it. Would it be like, oh, I need a standing desk, and I would put it in, and within the week, they would be like, never mind. Uh, I I would not renege on that. Since two thousand one, I've been working retail. Right. I'm on my feet all day. Like, hey. Sitting down, even playing video games, something I love, like World of Warcraft. After being on, like in a chair for like two, three hours, I have to get up. Like, okay. When I woke up today, I played games for like maybe about an hour and a half, and then I was finally like, okay, I I need to start doing laundry. And then even when I was doing laundry, I was I didn't sit down. I was just walking back and forth the whole mm-hmm. time. And who helped get you that job? Me. I helped him fill out his application. Oh, okay. Yeah. You were pointing was, at me, though, and I'm no, like, I don't remember you. I was, I was filling out the application, and John, because this was for PacSun, uh, and John wrote, or told me, you should write your hip to the scene. <laughs> I, I thought it was, it was a cool cat that's hip no, to the scene. It was, it was 2001. I was, we were in, like, high school. <laughs> I was, like, this, like, nerdy skater punk kid. That was me. Hip to the scene. And then writes up to the scene, and he's like, "I wrote it." I was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> writing that on your application?" Uh, they hired me. They loved me, and that set me on my career path. Anyways, John, in a couple of days, it's going to be two years since you visited my building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, January sixth, uh, two thousand sixteen. Also, ra- randomness sidebar: I saw on my 17. Facebook that two years ago. You guys were here. Yeah? No, uh, no, we come down pretty soon. Because January 6th is our ticket, or is it our ticket back? January 6th. Maybe. Because I just found that. All three of us went down. Last year, January, Caitlin and I went down. And then we had, last year, we had Chris come back in the spring Mm -hmm. for Avengers in like April, May. Yeah, that was April. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe, maybe my time was off. I don't remember. And I did forget some uh, some news that we got out of the news garden. Mm. Uh, my wife and I had a baby. Hey! She comes strolling in with her uh, citra burner. How do you like the citra burner? And her hair done like uh, Princess Leia in uh, the Return uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh. They go. And, so, uh, is Caitlin is happy she can drink again? She is so happy. She is. This is her third drink today. <laughs> she, she had a 1911. Uh, I haven't had a full beer in 10 months. I know. Uh, she had a, uh, a, a 1911 uh, cinnamon donut cider uh-huh. for lunch. <laughs> for lunch. That's it. That's, that's for lunch. Orders. Uh, she had a uh, a raspberry lambic for dinner, and uh, for cocktail hour here, she's having a <laughs> citrus burner. It's good, right? It's the best thing the baked dish has done. I said the the uh, jalapeno cream ale. Was that the one I had? Yeah. That's, that is one of my top beers. I went to that. Wow. Because wow. It was so Is everyone picking that up? Yeah, I can hear it, so let's pick it up. Because it was juicy, and like I don't like spicy <clears> things, <throat> but like it was nice to get that flavor of jalapeno without it being 
hot and it was uh, like it's almost like when you get a juicy green pepper it tasted like when you cut like a fresh jalapeno and you smell that jalapeno smell that's what it tasted like but without any of the heat so uh kate and i you know because you guys just had a baby uh we, you're having a baby? You guys just had a baby. We so, just had a baby. But it tells something else about my wife. So so she made up some... We got new bicycles. So, so, we got a baby, we got bicycles. Uh, some black bean enchiladas for you guys. Yes. And she's like, I gotta really make sure these are mild. And then she went to the store and she's like, ah, that's not really much of a meal. So she bought some tortilla chips and she was going to buy a salsa. But you guys are such spicy wimps. She's like, we can't buy you salsa, so we'll just buy you nacho cheese instead. And she actually knocked down the spice level of those enchiladas as well. Because you do not like spicy See, we foods. We don't like spice for spice, but like we'll eat spicy Indian food or like... Like, like, uh, like a spicy flavor food. that's uh, like something like that is fine. I just don't like when I eat something really hot and then my stomach turns but into I a won't, volcano. I, I have a very sensitive or- stomach. I won't order medium wings for mm-hmm. you. I'll order mild. No, we get medium. I could eat a medium. Oh, okay. We, we order medium. I, was... sh- I show up, and you guys are like, oh, we got wings. And then I start <laughs> eating them, and then I'm like, these are really hot. And you're like, oh, we got extra hot. <laughs> no, because that's... The and then I'm like, hey, I, my stomach's a pussy. I can't have that. <laughs> so that's why we were worried. I'm surprised that you guys are like, oh, yeah, jalapeno's great. I'm surprised. It's all jalapeno. Well, there, you know, there's a difference between jalapeno flavor and then jalapeno spice, though. That's why I like it. Oh, okay. It was, it was like it's like if all of a sudden you three guys got to experience what those of us who like cilantro oh, get. Oh, it's like the worst. All of a sudden, if that no longer tastes like soap and it's like a really oh, nice, refreshing it's worse herb. than soap. But that's you put cilantro, anything <laughs> close to cilantro near my food, you've ruined my meal. And you know what? I can't eat any of it. You know that's what? why I don't they like the poke yolk. Jalapenos and cilantro together in so many dishes too. <clears throat> It's bad news. Not poppers. <laughs> but anywho, our baby was born on Stan Lee's birthday. Yeah. Got Stan Lee baby. Maybe his essence was hanging around and now it's in our child. He's going to steal works from so many creative people. Ah, <laughs> oh, He's going to be executive, executively producing things. Executively. No need for him to be there, but he's there. The cameo work this baby's going to have. Uh, yeah, that's there. Got a baby. Suckified hair, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you... I thought you just said suckified, and then you said hair, and I was like, yeah, we both are. I I thought you said suckified hair, and then she looked at you, and you had a hat on, and she was like, yeah. (laughs) Like, she was just humoring you. But anyways, we got a main topic to get into. No! We got a dramatic reading! We do have a dramatic reading. I hope somebody introduces it. And now, a dramatic reading. From Batman Secret Files, 2018, page 37, panel 1. The kid was trapped on a path. This was his chance to step off of it. He lost his dad to violence. Anything you can relate to? It's a dramatic reading from Batman Secret Files, 2000. My wife, my wife is Why? laughing in the hallway because of the face that Paul had to make. Look at this face. Why was Detective Chip the, like, the hard-boiled, grizzled one? Yeah, why was Detective Chimp talking like Batman? That's not Batman. 
Them is for Crowdy. That's the same voice. <laughs> That's the same voice. Because I'm not good at dramatic readings. That's why. Oh, you do better than I would call. You do very good at dramatic. Wait, wait, wait. Re- redo with Caitlin. Since Caitlin's oh, there. Caitlin, uh, redo. Caitlin, you're reading the dramatic reading. Oh, I'm trying. Okay. I have to, I'm, I'll reintroduce it so she can take a there second. There it is. It's right there. The and now. Uh, balloons. Yeah. Get, get ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reintroduce He's it. He's reintroducing it to you. And now. Another dramatic reading from Batman's Secret Files, 2018. The kid was trapped on a path. This is his chance to step off of it. He lost his dad to violence. Anything you can relate to? So, it's not my phone. Don't give it to me. So, give it back to Paul. So... See, she okay, doesn't I'm, know who Detective Chimp is. She doesn't know. I, I'm make a Should I have done a Cockney said, accent? Like what? No, I think anyone should have just like chimped it up a little bit. Like, <laughs> oh, you can't add the ooks. That's a no. Racist. You can. You're you racist. Can. You can. He's You're a monkey racist. So, Kate and I just re- recently watched uh, talking about accents. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the theory of everything, you know, starring uh, Andrew Redmayne. Uh, and Eddie Redmayne. What? Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. He, Sorry. He doesn't have an accent. He just mumbles everything. There's yeah, a difference. Exactly. Well, and, uh, uh, and, 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 no, but he, he's playing Stephen oh. Hawking's. And Kate, and there, there's a scene where he gets the voice box, basically, where it talks for him. The computer starts talking for him. And they say, hey, why is it American? And they're like, isn't there an English option? And they're like, no, not yet. And Kate's like, I always thought he was American. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. No, I see that. Okay, yep. We're there. That's why. That's why. There you go. There you go. Makes makes actually British. So yeah. I don't know how to segue that over. <laughs> you know, that's that's a movie I watched in 2018. <laughs> there it is. On okay, uh, much like all the stuff we're going to talk about, what we did in 2018, and what was our favorite moments from 2018. We're going to talk about our favorite beers that we drank. We're going to talk about the favorite movies we watched. We're going to talk about the favorite things we streamed off of the internet. We're going to talk about the favorite comic books we read. All of that, and maybe more. Who knows? Maybe more. We've been off topic uh, oh, lots. <laughs> we, I was going to say, it'll definitely be more. Uh, but we are a comic book podcast, guys. Oh, are we? <laughs> we are. You might forget about it. I did. We, we are primarily a comic book podcast. So let's take a look back at some of maybe our favorite comic books from 2018. So in 2018, my third favorite comic book was uh, Fantastic Four. Hey, it's a series that finally came back over at Marvel. It's uh was it's not uh, the the four and one or what was it called two and two four? and one two and one uh Marvel two and one was happening for quite a while and then well, finally because that's going to be his number two pick. <laughs> finally <laughs> it's in the name it's in the title Fantastic Four shows up back you know two and one was uh was originally Johnny Storm and uh, the thing the thing in Human Torch and then they had are you explaining it to me yes I am because you, you apparently you even know we read it for the show we did but uh, the Fantastic Four is now back. I'm happy again. Here we go, Marvel. And uh, they kind of explained that they're back, but they never really explained how or why they're how back. How they got back? No. It was something it to do matter. with a uh, wishing stone and sound, right? No, that was in Marvel 2 and 1. 
don't worry about that. That had nothing to do <laughs> with, with them getting back. With, with Fantastic Four number two, number one. Yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. Man. We would, we would know that if we had to look back, back like, in November. But doesn't matter. It's like, how is uh, uh, Donald Duck's sister, the mother of Huey, Huey Dewey, and Louie, mm-hmm. how is she going to get back from the moon? You just spoiled the end. Of Scrooge, Duck, no, which I haven't tried. Seen. He tried his he best. Tried. Dude, I fucking love that cartoon. <laughs> I haven't seen it. It's so awesome. good. It's probably on your list. If not, then it is it's not just a segue. It's just a. Uh, it's, it's, just, just, it's just me talking just about the rabbit hole. Same thing. But yeah, Fantastic Four. It, it's a series that's finally made its way back. Dan Slott's writing it. Dan Slott, who I first read doing the thing back in the day. Yeah. Uh, I think I first read him. I first read him and took note of him on his She-Hulk run. Mm. It was after that. It was his thing run. Yeah, a short-lived run. Yeah, because he was like was he was the thing. He was, was a millionaire. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, he was playing poker with his friends. That's all. That's all you need to know. Chris, you're number three. Um. <clears throat> so this was like a really tough pick for me. There were no books that really stuck out to me over the past year. So what I did was I went into my comicsology. And I wrote down every book that I bought, but then was consistently buying throughout the year. And then out of that, I was like, okay, well, which ones will I keep buying? And then I dropped off the ones that I just read because I read them like Detective Comics or Green Lanterns. Uh, So for my number three, I'm actually going to go with Star Wars Thrawn. Oh, wow. Um, Grand Animal Thrawn, he's a character that's been existing in the Star Wars universe since the early 90s. Uh, but what happened is he's one of the characters that they deemed worthy enough. The Star Wars, like, Lucasfilm uh, story group was like, hey, no, we have to keep this character relevant, keep him around. So while they cut a lot of the fat from what they're now calling Legends uh, from the original expanded universe, they're keeping around Grand Animal Thrawn. The ultimate uh, strategist. Strategist? For the Empire. No, strategist. Oh. Because it reminds me of the game Stratego. Uh, <sighs> I do like that game. It's a fun game. It's really fun. It's so simple, though. Um, but there's something about this book that when I was going through everything that I had bought throughout the years and what I was keeping buying, and then what I was excited to continue reading, because spoilers... I was really bad at reading comic books this year, even though we are a comic book podcast. Uh, Star Wars Thrawn is one of those books that I'm, I will continue to pick up the rest of the series because I want to see where it goes. I really dig this character. So, uh, Thrawn, my number three. Uh, I kind of did the same thing, but I, I went through and it was the books that like kind of wowed me. The ones that I... like. When I think about, like, oh, man, what did I read and really like, mm-hmm. only a couple came up to mind. My number one is – it's my number one from last year. It followed through. It was the book that week – month to month when it came out. You couldn't escape it. Spo- spoilers. Is it, is, isn't it ending? Uh, yeah, it, it ended this year, too. I have also okay. – I also haven't read issue 12 because I read it, then it's done. Like, I'm just like I, – I You might be get, upset with it. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I just don't. I don't want to finish the book. Uh, but my number three is going to be uh, Deathbed from Vertigo. 
written by Joshua Williamson and uh, Raleigh Rossimo. We read the first issue on the podcast, right? We did. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. The book continues that way. I I think I've I have at least the first six issues. I read four out of those. I continue to buy it. I just don't get around to reading comic books. I. Uh. You've only done 23 episodes this year. Yeah. There's really uh, nothing really. Uh, but uh, We're a bi-weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. Eh, we're a, mon- a monthly podcast. Oh, it's bi-weekly, 24. Um, you know, it just was one week. But this was one of those yeah, books no, that, not episodes. Like, that mm-hmm. I, I bought because I enjoy Joshua Williamson's writing. I bought because I enjoyed the premise of it, which is was this famed adventurer who'd gone off the map who brings in uh this kind of failed writer to write his memoirs and just whips her into this crazy world of his uh it's a fun book it was one of those ones it i i bought it and i wasn't expecting much Mm -hmm. and i was like "Ah, this is a lot of fun i really like this i like the uh riley rosimo's art in it everything about this book uh i really liked hmm. no i i really dug it too and this wasn't one of my picks just because i didn't buy it to begin with but i i do want to finish it up i want to keep reading it uh chris you're number two uh this is a tough call for me but kind of like i said at the beginning in the list uh i really like spider-man i need to read more spider books and that always becomes apparent to me whenever i read the next spider-man crossover so my number two pick is actually going to be spider-geddon wow uh, i i love the spider crossovers they're always enthralling reads so much so that sony actually put together a visual groundbreaking animated feature that came out that's like one of the highest rated movies of the year i just haven't seen it yet I'll probably be going tomorrow. Uh, from See? what I hear, like most people are saying, it's the best comic book movie Kate's of going, the year. Or Kate's even, going to work tomorrow, so if I wake up early and clean you, the house you just and go. get everything you done, go. then I can go. You go, and then we can all talk about Spider Verse. Talk about Spider Verse. That's the first showing of Spider Verse tomorrow. Chris, uh, keep talking. <laughs> you, you Google that. I'm googling. Um, I think that the Spider verse creators over the years have done such a great job with these characters just introducing them and reintroducing them to everyone and then having it still somehow make sense on the comic book page that Sony can then say like no this this works this is a great idea let's put hundreds of millions of dollars behind actually making an animated version of this just shows how worthy these creators are uh, so yeah, Spider Man. We read it for the show. I really dug it. This is one of those books I want to keep reading it. I had all of the issues in my cart on Comixology, and then when I went to buy it, I was like, "That's so much money!" Because they're four dollars each, and then the final issue was um, I want to say it was like five ninety nine. I know it's a little bit more of a premium. <clears throat> I was just like, "Well, at this point, I can wait a month or two for the trade." for $14 yeah. and I'll just buy that. And it, it's sad because I do want to read the rest of this. I want to see where it winds up because like I said, I need to read more Spider-Man books. Plus you gave me that generous gift of 
uh, Comixology for Christmas. Like, Both you and Paul I got appreciate it. digital gift cards. Hey, you're welcome. I, appreciate yeah, it. I really liked it, too. Yeah. It's not like we I don't buy mine. stuff on Comixology. That's something, it's something you're going to use. I, I, I gladly bought that Conan book, uh, the Conan uh, Marvel book, uh, because I was like, well, I was going to buy it anyways, but hey, this is Christmas money. <laughs> I bought two books and I'm down to 18. I still got 18 bucks for uh, for my comic books. And they got some killer sales. I had just, when you, before you sent that, I just went through their sales thing and bought like three books that I was like, oh man, I gotta buy, I gotta buy the deluxe edition of New Frontier for $4.99. I, all, I own all the uh, paperbacks. Yeah, I don't. I never, I read all of yours. I never owned it. So I was like, yeah. Deluxe edition, four ninety nine. I'll take it. Uh, as Paul leaves to go to the bathroom, I'm going to talk about my number two book, which is probably his number one book, which is uh, Vampironica from the Archie series. Do you really think that's going to be his number one? Yeah, it's Paul. What well, he's going to pick multiple? He's going to pick multiple, multiple man. Even, even he didn't like it, but he continued to buy it. Well, because it's multiple, man. Exactly. I bought. He's, a- gonna, he's gonna hang on to it because this could be the issue that it gets good. Uh, I bought him a multiple man shirt for his birthday. Oh, he hasn't had a multiple man shirt in years. I know. I also bought him a star man shirt for Christmas. That's good. Yeah. Uh, do you see? There's gonna be like a Justice Society or Starman show. I can't remember what it was. It's uh, a Star Girl show. Star Girl, that's what it was. Yeah. And then they they hired Joe McHale to play Starman, but he's actually the Star Spangled Kid. He's not actually the character he's playing is not actually any of the Starman, but they're calling him Starman in it. Mm. Makes no sense. I like Joe McHale. I like Joe McHale too. But I they, actually watched his uh, Netflix show. How was that? I, I enjoyed it, but I was, like I said, I'm a fan of Joe McHale. I enjoyed watching The Soup, so it was right up my alley. Is it, it's, is it very Soup-esque? Oh, it, it is, except it's based off of current reality shows, which I don't watch any of them, so it's just kind of fun seeing how ridiculous they are. Uh, but it, I can see why it didn't succeed, because it's hard to do a streaming show that's going to sit there forever on Netflix's dashboard for something that's just so current and forgettable. Did you watch the Norm show? I didn't. It's good. Are we talking about streaming later on? Yeah, we will. Yeah, but you, you got up to go to walk away. Oh. Uh, my number two is Vampironica. <laughs> oh, that's my number two. Ah, it's your number two. I thought it was <laughs> oh, going to wow. be your number I'm, one. Oh, I'm surprised. You know why it's my number two? Because we read that one. I brought that to the table, and I'm like, oh, it's going to affect My favorite thing is you are the person who doesn't like anything horror, but the Archer Horror series are your jam. They are my jam. You know why? Because it's that level of horror that I really enjoy. The Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark. And what I do do love is you brought the Sabrina to the table. (laughs) I did. And also, I brought this one, and it was going up against Giles. It was going up against Giles, and I'm like, oh, Chris is going to not take the Vampironica. You no, it's, made it's me the underdog. 
Paul almost made me spit the beer out because he was like, I brought this one to the table, and that's why you liked it. Like, <laughs> No, Giles was just bad. And I'm like, it's going up against a prop, proper Buffy book. Chris is going to be like, what is this trash? No, this, this was more... This was more Buffy than the Giants book, though. No. At which point, I was like, as soon as you said that on the podcast, Chris, I'm like, this is a good book. Vampironica. I'm going to keep on following this book. And it's been a lot of fun. And she's turning people, you know, in the town to, like, work with her. It's been it's been good. It's been fun. I've, I've liked it. It's one of those ones, too, that issue one, I was like, damn, I didn't expect this to be good at all and even like the first like two pages i was like uh and by the end of the book i was like yeah i'm on board so this would make actually number one on my power ranking of afterlife with archie or archie horror then, i think original afterlife with archie it would be number two and then it would be the hunger with with jughead being a werewolf this is number well, three jughead, jughead being the werewolf would definitely be bottom for mm-hmm. me but yeah, I agree. I would definitely put. I think I would go. I think. I think I would say Sabrina, because Sabrina fits in there. Sabrina does, fits in there. It does. Yeah, Sabrina was a spinoff from that. Sabrina, Veronica, Afterlife with Archie. Then the hunger. Anything else, and then the hunger. I really didn't <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the hunger. Agreed. Wow. Okay. One hundred percent agree with John's ranking. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Remember, Sabrina. I would put that number two below Vampironica. I, I like Vampironica better. It's just I'm, it, I'm it moves you along. Guys have the same pick, though. It moves along as a better clip. Yeah, because I I went through my list, and then I and then I went through John, yours. You want to talk about Vampironica. I think Paul pretty much nailed it, and I talked a little bit before we just waited for Paul to get back from the bathroom. Uh, but I went through, like, I went through my books, and then I went through your books, you know, Chris and Paul's books, to see which which of the books that stood out, and Vampironica was like, as soon as I saw it, I went, yeah! Nope. nope. Didn't mean to do that. Paul's Paul's calling us? <laughs> Didn't mean to no do that. Reason. I was just opening up the, uh, the, the, the uh, So that's going to take me to do my number one, and my number one, as I already mentioned, is Mr. Miracle from D.C., uh, written by Tom King, Mitch Geralds. Uh, I absolutely love this book. This was this book took me back to my younger years when it was as soon as a book came out, I was in the shop, I bought it, and I read it. I either read it in the car, I read, I drove somewhere with my friends who I went to buy comic books with, and we sat. That was us. We that sat us. in a. We sat in a. You know. What was it? A KFC See, Taco, Taco Bell? Bell when I destroyed that bathroom. Vomit. <laughs> <laughs> it. it was. It took me back to that. Is as soon as I saw it come out, I picked it up and I read it. And I haven't read the final issue because I, like, to me, then it's it's over. Yeah. And I don't want that over because I haven't had that in years. I haven't had a series that really drove me. Um, I, honestly, Remember I think when we the last series at a stoplight and we would both. We would pull up to each other at a stoplight, and we would see us pick up a book <laughs> and start reading <laughs> it like, at a red light. You would like you'd read a couple lines and you look up. You'd read a couple lines yeah. and you look up. You, yeah, that's what I miss. I miss. I miss that. I miss that feeling. Like I, I don't, and I think the books. 
in some sense, the books aren't as good as they were when we did that. And I think a lot of it did us going digital. It takes away a little it bit. It takes away. It yeah. does take away. But also, I do fucking love digital because I don't have stacks of comic books everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have that stack of shame. I have a stack of shame in my phone that I don't see and I don't I'll remember. And plus, that's I steam buy things thing. on this like YouTube <laughs> video games. Like I'm like, well, I always wanted to have this, and it's dirt cheap. It's two ninety nine. It's cheaper than a single issue. I'll buy it. Steam buy. That's a great name. That's a great, great phrase. Great phrase. Steam buy. Because that's what I, I do. That I'm yelling it at you, and my <laughs> wife's in the next room, and she can actually hear me say it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but there's no way you'll ever spend as much money on things that you won't actually enjoy or do <laughs> than I have over the past like ten years. Of Everything I've bought, I bought, it's one of those ones that I just need to sit down and read it, and I don't get around to doing it. Uh, yeah, that's. Steam buying. Yeah, but you steam buy stuff and we, and you say what you bought and like if Chris was not in Florida and he was sitting next to me, we'd look at each other and go, Really? Yeah. Well that's dumb. Why would he buy that? Why would I buy Aegis of Vampire? He just likes, he just likes to buy stuff. Especially he gets drunk enough, he just buys it on Amazon. Yeah. I was I was talking to someone about just uh how we do the show and like we just Skype each other and like we drink while we're doing it. But then I did mention how, like, Paul will just be like, oh, I just backed this thing on Kickstarter. It was $100. Like, <laughs> Paul's just like, yep, bought it. <laughs> we were talking about this in passing. I, I, I spent the money. Got it down. You got it done. You almost I was mid sip. I was mid sip while he, we were uh, resting on me. Reality <laughs> sunk in. <laughs> I was about to just. Laughed so hard I was going to spit out my beer, but the beer is so good I couldn't do it. So, uh, Paul, you're number one. My number one is actually, I was very interested in to see what Brian Michael Bendis would bring to DC Comics, and he brought it in Man of Steel, the uh, miniseries that ran, uh, that ran into both Superman and Action Comics, and uh, we read, I think most of it. We read the first six issues. Yeah. Would be volume one. Volume one. And I really enjoyed the series. I thought it was, uh, you know, I didn't like the whole whatever his name is, the destroyer of Krypton. I don't like that storyline. Who was line. the main R- focus Rosal, of those first six? Some call. It's a, it's yeah. a weird Kryptonian villainy. Yeah. And the thing is, like, Did that's happening. Did you find out what that guy's deal was? And maybe in Superman or Action Comics? I but you just read up. that first volume. Yeah. And I enjoyed that first volume. I thought it was good. I thought the whole, like, what's happening with him and Jarrell, like, coming back and taking the son, because get rid of that kid. Like, the same way, if you think I don't like Damien, I like Jonathan Kent even less. Like, See, I like, like, even the Super, yeah, like, I, I like that. Super Sons, I like that book. I thought oh, really? it was a great, they were great foils for each other. Okay. Yeah. If there's anybody that's going to be a dad in the DC universe, I think it's going to be the Flash. Wally West. Wally West Flash. But then they brought the kids in and it was awful. So now I'm like, don't even, don't even. So now now there's no dads. (laughs) Yeah, there's no dads in the DCU. There's just. What about Animal Man? He's a dad. Yeah. He's a dad. That's your dad. That's your man. You love Animal Man. I don't think he's Mr. Paul. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he's not Mr. Paul. Oh. 
<laughs> He's not my actual dad. Oh, you're just yeah, Animal Man. Uh, you know the side characters, the ones that don't aren't big A list characters. I when think have you we can ever cared about A list characters? We don't. <laughs> uh, this podcast does not really care about A list characters, except for when we're talking about Man of Steel, written by Michael Bryant. Brian Michael Bendis. And, uh, I'm surprised that Fantastic Four is number three and Superman's number one. Yeah. It's... You're kind of a Superman boy, though. I'm just surprised multiple men didn't make the cut. Oh, that was awful. How? Why it's did you keep good. buying that? It, because I wanted it to be... <laughs> yeah, you X-Forced it! <laughs> X-Factored it! I know, I said it wrong because it was the episode title. You know I will. <laughs> Marvel knows I will. The publishers are like... We'll make one sale. And his you name think is if we make a God. really bullshit uh, Wolfbane book, that guy in Buffalo will buy it? Oh, he won't stop. <laughs> he won't stop. <laughs> we got his IP and MAC address off of the internet because he buys it digital. We're tracking it. He'll just buy it. Will he read it? Meh, who knows? Who cares? He'll just buy it. Who cares? I like he changed accents halfway through that. Chris, you're number one. Bunch of people in the boardroom. <laughs> Did you say splash people in a boardroom? <laughs> splash people in the boardroom. Is it a bunch of people? A bunch of people in the boardroom. They're tracking the you. <laughs> they're all talking about it. Chris, your book is John writes on the episode title. No, I, I was writing it down. <laughs> um, I really like the other one that John said. So, my book for number one actually comes with an asterisk because I'm picking. The Sandman Universe number one. Uh, Asterisk. It's actually The Dreaming. is the series that I'm going to be following spinning all this. Because we read this for the show. And this was the rekindling of the Neil Gaiman Sandman Universe over in DC Comics. They released the Sandman Universe. And then there were four spinoff books that took place after that. Where the new incarnation of Dream has abandoned his post and it's sending ripples throughout the rest of the universe. We read some of them, not all the best, but the dreaming is actually the one that I'm going to be keeping up on that with books of magic. But the dreaming is kind of more in my wheelhouse of that Sandman spinoff book that I just kind of want more of. Um, There's like six issues out now. I think it's being uh, published every other week. I just haven't had a chance to keep up. It's $4 an issue, so it's definitely something that I'll be picking up when there's a little bit of a lull, but I love living in this universe. I love all these characters. I love seeing it back again like almost 30 years after the Sandman originally debuted over in Vertigo. Uh, I'm just happy it's back. That's why it's my number one. Nice. I need to start sobering up. <laughs> yeah, I can't be drinking anymore. You can sleep on the couch. No, no. Oh, you're off. You're off tomorrow. You're off tomorrow. Look at movie time. Hey, fine. Let's get loaded and then hang that banister. <laughs> yeah. Hanging the banister would be. Did Did he see the choices that I have all all at the same time? It's Mary Poppins returns. It's Spider Man. Oh, wait, 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 We don't need to talk about the movies that you might go tomorrow. Uh, let's talk about the beer we're and drinking Bumblebee. now. And we are drinking a amazing porter. And this really was brought to us by my father, who got it from my brother-in-law, 
who went to Treehouse Brewing for his uh, trip during his anniversary wedding anniversary. Did he know what he was doing when he got there? No, because I introduced him to Wrench and to some other juicy I New England. Yeah. I introduced yeah. him to New England IPAs, mm-hmm. and then he went. He's like, "Oh, we're going to Boston for." Our wedding anniversary, and I was like, "Oh, so you need to go oh, to Trillium. You Boston. need to go to Treehouse. Boston hates you. You oh, need Boston to hates me so hard. You need to go to this place or this place." He goes there. He buys all these different beers from the places. Comes back, gives my dad six cans of this porter. Goes, uh, and then. The whole time he's there, he's texting me. He's asking me about beers. I'm contacting him. You know, I'm I'm responding to him. And then I was like, "Hey, man, you got any of those beers left?" He's like, "No." And I was like, "Uh, <laughs> I told you to go to these breweries. What do you mean you don't? You don't? You, you can't throw me anything?" And he's like, "You didn't say you wanted anything." It's like, oh, it's not common courtesy. So I got these beers for my dad. He gave he gave my dad six cans. My dad gave me four cans. I sent one to Chris. We're drinking two now. I thought we'd age one, depending on how well it tastes. And this is uh, the coffee vanilla variant of Abstraction, which is their Imperial Porter. It's really good. Uh, it is eight point eight percent. This is a. It's a. It's a great porter. It. It's. I'm surprised it's a porter. I'm like. Oh. It doesn't taste like a porter. It, 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 I, if you told me it was a stout, I'd be like, of course it is. Of course it is. But uh, no, it has The that. roastiness isn't really there. Mm-hmm. The, the, I don't get much smoky the, or roasty. The the coffee is there, which I attribute coffee a lot more to stouts. stouts exactly. Because of the KBS and all the other breakfast stouts that are out there. Well, even uh, like, before, there's like usually just like a nice dryness to coffee that you would assume... Mm-hmm. Is very much of the same profile as so. This is the closest to that really fresh Triple X wrestler from Porterhouse. Yeah. Also one of Randy's favorites. And Paul's favorites. One of my favorites that I've ever had with that I cut myself vanilla. Out of the gaps to that. <laughs> with that vanilla over top. So it's like a. And the vanilla isn't like overpowering vanilla. It puts a it's little sweetness yeah. right on the front. Just, and when I said over top, I meant like just like. A, just there it's there it's noticeable it's there it's delicious it's a really strong and a really good beer it's only 8.8 percent i know but i've um, been drinking I've been... it was canned on 1025 i think wow yeah so 1025 really well like the thing with stouts and porters like except for triple x wrestler uh <laughs> go ahead and just sit on for a while like no That's need why to rush I was yourself. Like, oh, that extra can, like, I don't mind sitting on it mm-hmm. for a little bit. See where yeah, it goes. No need, no plus, need to rush. Plus, my dad was like, "Yeah, it was all right," but I think you would like these better, and gave me them. Yeah, but also, like, I was able to. Randy now has a a mule to get him treehouse, and we were able to sit around and play yeah. uh, Fireball Island and drink oh, Julius's. So that was good. Fireball Island, such a good game. It was a good game. It's fun. Yeah, talk on Mike. I am talking about oh, yeah, him. He's talking, I can hear him. He can hear him. He's, he's like facing the other direction. Well, because I'm way. looking. He's looking into I'm wistfully. The... I'm looking wistfully into the mid range. 
to Fireball Island, the board game that I had set up in my basement and played, and I have a new board game set up in my basement and have not played, which is Disney's Villainous. Huh. It's a rule. It's a rule. We'll, uh, we'll bring we'll bring the baby no, over. I, we'll leave him upstairs with your wife yeah. so he can she can eat his feet, and then we'll uh, we'll go downstairs and play some games with you. There we go. Uh, John, you sent me a can of extraction as well, and this was actually the last beer that I drank on New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day when I was playing video games with Paul. It was uh, a good night. It was a great night. This is the one that sent me over the edge. I had already had like three beers before. Uh, but it was really, really good. Uh, I wish I had known you guys were going to see it, because I could have sat on it for like another four days. I could have drank it today. You kept asking me, like, what beer should I sit on? And I was like, I gave you all these beers for you to drink. Drink them. And then I did, and then you're like, hey, we're going to drink these tonight. And so I was like, you sent me them. I, yeah, you drank them. You, you, I know, I have no regrets. But yeah, exactly. Because like, who knows? I, okay. Who well, knows hey, when I, we're going to round to these? I pulled these out of the. I pulled these out because I was like, Paul, I really want to drink this tonight, and he was like, okay, because Paul brought over a six pack of stuff, and I like, miss some, you guys, and so, I miss sharing beer with you, and that would have been a nice little hey, wow, we can drink together. But anyways, but who who's to know? Like <laughs> with our the way our schedule has been, yeah. especially with. With the baby coming and with Christmas and and retail and all of that, who knew, who knew we'd even record tonight? And who knew what we were going to drink? Like, I got the Citra Burner and I was sitting on it. And then my mother-in-law drank one the other day and I was very upset. And then <laughs> and then I gave my, my last can to my wife uh, right now. Like, who knew when I was going to drink these? And I've been buying beer and sitting and waiting to drink for the podcast and I'm like, oh, man, I need to drink these because I have a whole cellar full of beer that should have been drank like two years ago that we've been sitting on. So I was like, ah, let's drink them now. I want to drink this porter. And I didn't have to worry about drinking it without you because I knew you already had it. But what are you drinking, Chris? Uh, I am drinking another beer that you sent me. Hey, thank you again. You're welcome. Uh, this is coming from Dogfish Head. This is their worldwide stuff. And correct me, but is this... The one that has an ingredient from each continent? I don't, or is that something different? I don't know. I don't think so. It might be. Because I know that at one point Dogfish had had a beer that had one ingredient from each continent around the world. It and, makes sense with the title from them. Uh, but the call out on their bottle is a very dark beer brewed with a ridiculous amount of barley. And yes, this is very malty. It's very sweet. And that equals a very boozy beer right up on the front end. And when I took my first sip of this, my initial thought was, oh, man, this is really sweet. It's good, but it needs to age. And then John told me something it's that two, I want you to share right now. It's two years old. <laughs> it's two years old. And I then I pulled out my phone and I hit the flashlight on it because I couldn't find the bottle by date on this. This was actually bottled November 1st, 2016. I took a sip of this beer and I was like, man, this needs to sit and like just chill for a minute. It's already had two years worth of minutes. <laughs> um, it's definitely a sipper. I took a sip and then went through like a whole mess of feelings before I was able to take a second sip. And then 
I've only taken like three sips of this beer in this entire time since we came back from taking a pause when John started talking about their beer. But man, I, it's it's such a big boy that I can't believe it's already been sitting for two years. Like when I I googled this to see about like because being it called worldwide makes makes it sound like mm. it should have something from each thing. Uh, I can't find that, but it just says like it clocks in at fifteen twenty percent. And yeah, I, was, I, w- I would put this more like the twenty percent because I'm getting more alcohol from this than I did any of those other beers they sent me. One of um, excuse me, one other of them was a Dogfish Head with the Fruitful Four, which was like drinking a wine, but I don't drink wine, so I was able to enjoy this. But even that one was like definitely a high ABV because I was shocked when I checked into that one. That one was sitting at eighteen percent. It said on uh, Untapped. Yeah, and like. Pretty much at like eighteen percent, they ju- or I think it's like fifteen percent. They kind of stop gauging what the ABV is. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, like on most of the bottles for like one twenty, the fruit, um, uh, the port one that I sent you, worldwide, like they don't even list on the bottle what the ABV is because they can't. They can't, they can't do it. Uh, and when they originally released this bottle, they said, like, um, when it was originally released, they had some terminology on it that the um, Food, and Drug Food and Drug Administration said they couldn't do. So they actually, uh, Sam tells the story of, like, he actually went through him and one other guy and with a Sharpie crossed <laughs> it out on all of the bottles because at that time they couldn't afford <laughs> to relabel anything so they just had to cross it out and then put it out it's one of my favorite stories about voodoo yeah for, uh, like so I, I just said some labels i just said some quick google food and it turns out the dogfish head that has a ingredient from each continent is their pangea pangea uh crystallized ginger from australia water from antarctica basmati rice from asia Muscovado sugar from Africa, quinoa from South America, European yeast, and North American maize. Hmm. Uh, Sam from Dogfish Head's got a YouTube show where he kind of he, he he does. Oh my god, I I will watch that. I loved the uh, Beer Masters, Brewmasters, whatever it was called show. Mm-hmm. Brewmasters, Brewmasters, yeah, Brewma- yeah. Uh, his YouTube show is it's really it's kind of fun. He just he gets show. together with some kind of celebrity and then he's like. Uh, hey, you are a celebrity, you know, XYZ, I'm going to give you ABC to drink, and then kind of do, does that. One of the shows he did, um, Worldwide Stout, he did another one, and then he had them taste a, um, a sour beer, and then he took, like, there's that pill that makes sour oh, things sweet? taste sweet. Yeah, yeah. And oh, then, the Miracle Berry. Miracle, miracle Berry. Berry. So they did that, and then they drank the sour, and they're like... What in the world just happened to my tongue? Like, that's amazing. We should have ordered those. I, I was going to say, like, at some point when we're all together, we need to do a sour. Because I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to buy those Miracle Berry pills forever. Yeah. Like, I can try it. But I think, <laughs> uh, to me, like, drinking, like, trying, like, a sour beer, uh-huh. taking that pill, and then drinking another sour beer would be so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, yeah, his I forget what his show is called. But yeah, look it up. Uh, it's I, I literally just looked it up. On I just told Facebook. you to look it up. So you did, and I did, and it's called First We Feast. 
First We Feast is a, a channel on yeah, YouTube. Because they also oh, do uh, Hot yeah. Ones. They do the Hot Ones, and they do a couple other shows. So I follow oh, the Hot I Ones. There's a, I follow I the Hot Ones, and the, there's a burger guy. Huh. I searched for Sam Kellyone and that's what came up, and it's like him drinking beer with people. So, yeah, so look for I that show on You can look at that show. Yeah. Uh, YouTube. Network of Hot Ones, or First We Feast. Paul? YouTube. YouTube. Oh, YouTube. Wow, that's a throwback. Yeah, but um, no, it's just summation. It's such a big way, but it's it's definitely delicious. But yeah, this I'm glad I don't have anything else to try to drink after this because I feel like halfway through this class, I'm going to be to the point where I don't remember the rest of the episode. Yeah, it's going to be like that episode where you got drunk, fell asleep, and then we. I got back to the future. I woke up and it was the next day. Mm-hmm. And, and then, I thought it was insane. And you then like Marty replied. Five days later, we recorded the ending of that episode because it was like, we, we couldn't travel. get a hold of you. And you're like, uh, my phone died. I went to plug it in. I fell asleep on my bed. <laughs> Anyways, do so, we want to do yeah. TV or movie, guys? We, no, we don't need to do beer. We've, we've been talking about oh, beer. Oh, beer goes last. We, we already talked about that. Okay, then let's... I don't care. You don't care. <laughs> well, well, let's go to movies, because TV's kind of a new addition for us. We always talk about movies every year, so let's head into that. Chris, you're number three. Um, I wrote down all the movies I saw this year, which, spoilers, wasn't a lot. Uh, but I loved all of these movies for different reasons, but for my top three of the year... I decided to go with what movies am I going to constantly go back to and rewatch, which was hard because there was Star Wars and Marvel movies that came out this year. Um, so my number three, I'm actually going to go with Solo, a Star Wars story. Mm. Uh, this didn't perform well at the box office, and I don't know why because there's nothing wrong with this movie. It's a really fun watch, and nobody needed to know the story of Han Solo and his upbringing and where he wound up leading up to uh, New Hope. But we got that movie, and you know what? It's so entertaining. I definitely dug it. The whole directorial swap with uh, Miller and Lord leaving and Ron Howard stepping in didn't affect it. It's a great watch, and I'm sad that this is going to be a sticking point alongside The Last Jedi for the rest of history now, because there's nothing wrong with either one of these movies. I just uh, watched re- uh, rewatch The Last Jedi the other day, because, you know, I've been a lot. Like, it's one of the movies that I'm like, yeah, let's just rewatch this. It's still a good movie. I am still shipping uh, Rey and, uh, and Kylo. Cause, really? Yeah. Why wouldn't I ship those two? They had chemistry, Chris. That touching of the hands, uh, force touching of the hands, was electrifying. And I want to um, see them get together and make the Grey Jedi and, like, just go. This, I, this has nothing past. to do with 2018. I'm, I still remember the moment when I went to see Last Jedi. The day it came out, I went to the... Uh, AMC Theater at Disney Springs. I went to the very first showing that morning. The moment where they kill Snoke and then they turn back to back with their lightsabers out, 
mm-hmm. at that point I was like, I have no idea where this movie's going. I was dumbfounded by it. And it just hurts me that people don't like that movie. Yeah, you were, I mean... Oh. John, you, you actually, you saw Solo. I saw Solo. I I went into Solo with with nothing. With negative or with zero expectations? Zero expectations. And, like, we started watching it, and Caitlin was like, I think I'm going to... I'm going to tap out. I think I'm going to go to bed. And I was like, I'm going to finish watching this movie. Hmm. And, like, by the end of it, I was like, this is a pretty good movie. It was The first, like, ten minutes of it, that made me worry. But once it, it, uh, Han gets off of Corellia, it's all good. Yeah, and it's – there's enough fun with it. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's too dark. Well, that beginning part on Corellia – was a little dark. like And just the lighting of it. Oh. Everything else I thought was pretty good. And the world that they're trying to show is in a bright and shining, glamorous world. So it should be a little... It should be gray. It should be dingy. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, where it is. You're seeing Han and Kira living in the shadows. Like, they're living lives of crime because that's all that they can do. And the only thing that is, like, verbose and colorful are Lando and the Millennium Falcon. Like, those are the things that are bright and shiny. And it just shows, like, where you need to go to survive in this world and where Han has been surviving is a dingy, dark world. And I think they captured a lot of good things about Han. I don't care where he got his blaster from. I don't care where he got his striped pants. I don't care that he stole his vest from uh, Greedo. And that's why he was after him. Really? Yeah, that's original original canon. He stole his vest. New canon, he stole his girlfriend. Uh, but but I thought it I thought it worked. I thought the actor did a good job playing playing him. He doesn't have the same charisma as Harrison Ford, but he was after able to capture the character in my and- mind. You might and have also, a different view of, of mm-hmm. Han Solo in your mind, and it didn't do that. But for what I think about Han Solo, I thought it was fine. Like, I, yeah. I the movie was good. I have nothing negative to say about it. I wouldn't rave about it. But if somebody was like, I didn't like that movie, I would go, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Also, uh, bonus points, because it's got Paul Bettany in it. And he's awesome. So hmm. yeah. I thought you were going to say Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, he's just kind of there. I don't know. I I like I liked Beckett more than uh, whatever whatever Paul Bettany's character uh, name was. Dryden Voss, yeah. the the gangster criminal. Which I, I'm glad we finally got more of a look into that corner of the Star Wars universe because before we only had really Jabba the Hutt, and that was so mm-hmm. just centralized on Tatooine. I don't know. Paul, your number three. Ooh, my number three movie is Incredibles two. Good pick. Uh, it was something that I uh, brought my parents to go see. You did call it. It is my number three. Before before we recorded the show, like halfway through the afternoon, Paul was like, "I don't know what movies I would pick," and then I made a list and sent it to him, and Paul's like, "Ah, it's pretty close. <laughs> pretty close." Uh, this is mostly. Be- 
it was an alright sequel. It's not as good as the first one. It is, you know... I think it's on par with the sequel. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I brought my parents to go see it, you know, with Kate, you know, who's my wife. Uh, because it was, it was like Father's Day. And, like, my dad really liked it. I really liked the first one. And I think that's what brings it up. And it, you know, kind of levels it up for me in my mind. Uh... But that bow sequence, the short film they play before it, bummed me uh, out well, so that, much. That has nothing to do with the movie, though. You can't yeah. fall See, Incredibles I, for not life. Here's the, the thing, though. I rented it uh, digitally when it came out, so I didn't get that. Here's the thing, though, Chris. They choose to play the, hey, we know it's been like 17 years between the first one and this movie. Thank you so much for waiting for this movie. Thank you so much. You guys are great fans. Thanks for coming out to see this movie. Samuel L. Jackson, thanks us for coming out to see the movie. <laughs> and then they play Bow. And it's like, okay. what um, the hell, dude? Yeah, but they played, intro- like, uh, before those, they played, like, Paper. What is it? The, the Yeah, Paper Man. Paper yeah, Man. Yeah. They played the one with, with the dog with the food. Feast, which is great. Feast. Yeah. That Feast nice. and Paper Man. You just listed my two favorites. Paper Man's great. Feast, I like it. I'm not a fan of the animation style on it, but. It's still not. I don't fault it for what mm-hmm. it is. Uh, Feast is Kate's favorite. Paper Man's my favorite. But anyways, uh, they played Bow. They should have played Bow before oh, they oh, said oh, the oh, same. Oh. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't want to cut you off, even though you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that they played those little things in every theater. I thought I just saw them because every movie I go see is on Disney property at Disney Springs. So I thought that was just like a special, like, oh, hey, you're in Disney World. Like, you're seeing a Disney movie or Star Wars or Marvel. I didn't know that that Mm -hmm. was an actual thing. Are you saying the, like, shorts? Or are you saying the, like, Samuel L. Jackson thinking us? Yeah, like, the Craig T. Nelson, like, eh, sorry, movies take a long time to make. Like, all of that stuff. I didn't realize that was a nationwide thing. That was a nationwide thing. And I'm still upset that they played that before they played Bow. They they should have led in they should have played Bow, then the thank you, and then they got me into Incredible Two. Uh you're a freak. I am. But, <laughs> you know, just mindset wise. I no, wasn't uh Incredibles two. I I good. really dug it. Um I actually watched the original Incredibles before I went to see it. And seamlessly, like, story lines up. But when you go back and watch mm-hmm. the original Incredibles and then see it too, Pixar's come so far just in their animation process. Leaps and bounds. Like, even though the character design's the same, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not at all. Okay. I, I think it was fantastic. And I watched, I think, two days before we watched Incredibles 2, we watched Incredibles. Because I kept saying to my wife, I really want to see Incredibles 2. And she's like, I've never seen the first one. So I broke out the DVD. We sat down. We watched it. Best Fantastic Four movie and, that's ever been. <laughs> and then she was like, yeah, I'd watch, I'd watch the second one. And we watched that. And we were both like, oh, that was really good. And I think like you think of, to me, I think of Incredibles 1 is more of Mr. Incredible's story. Mm-hmm. Where Incredibles 2 is Elastigirl's story. Mm-hmm. Or Elastigirl, you know, like. And it's it focuses on her being the superhero, and then you get a lot more of Mister Incredible being like the father, 
where you don't get to see Elastigirl being the mother because that initially with that story it wasn't mm-hmm. that wasn't the story. It was about the superheroes mm-hmm. kind of coming back. Well, she was also already set in that position of being the mother, where yeah. it's him taking over the role and getting used like, to that role. He was kind of dragged back into it almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it was, I think it was great. It would probably be, it would be high up in my top ten movies of the year. Mm. Um, it probably would be like maybe number six. You know, I think it was, mm. it was great. I'd watch it again. Um, if somebody gave me the option, and they had Incredible One and Incredible Two in their hands, I'd be like, eh, whatever you want to watch. Like, I wow, can watch either one of them. Wow. Okay. Uh, but uh, how, if, if that was presented to me, I would probably say Incredibles 1. Two reasons. Uh, number one, that scene just kind of towards the end where you have the kids after they make their attack on the island where they're trying to evade the security forces. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's the proper way to word it, but... Yeah, yeah. it's a fun sequence where you get to see the kids using their powers and you have like last girl trying to like sneak through the doors it's some cool espionage stuff it's a heist Uh, movie you said two things though what was your second thing it's it's a heist movie at that point um my number two and this is just becoming from no you said you said two things and you only listed one no I'm getting to my second one. Jeez, oh, I, I thought you were talking about your second no, movie. I got no, confused. Not, Listen, no, I'm okay. drinking. Uh, I'm drinking Paul's porter over here, so I'm getting a little mm-hmm. loopy. Uh, no, but the first one—that's really where the movie comes together because you get to see the family doing superhero stuff. Uh, number two, and this is why it's number two because it's nothing to nobody besides myself. Uh, you have Jason Lee as the supervillain with syndrome, mm-hmm. and. I'm a Kevin Smith, uh, Kevin Smith fan, so that really hooked me into it. I've been going back and rewatching old episodes of My Name Is Earl, and I just wish Jason Lee did more stuff. Other than just being the whatever is Dave to the Chipmunks. Yeah, because I haven't seen any of those movies because yeah. I never really liked Alvin yeah. and the Chipmunks. So yeah. there's no draw for me to go see those movies. That was always just like that Christmas song that played in the background. You just want to go John, what's your second movie? Well, I want to say oh. the reason I think I would lean more towards two is the motorcycle the scene is pretty scene. cool. Oh, pretty that, cool. yeah, that's Train. really cool. Yeah. And you say like the kids on the island. Mm-hmm. I like the kids like escaping in the car, on the boat. Like the kids. Oh, she's, ha- she's having an adolescence. The kids, like, the kids still have those great moments. Like, I think maybe the island might be better because it's them finally, like, letting loose. But it's those kids working together to try to save their family. Where, like, in the first one, it's them just trying to survive. Right. Yeah. But I I like both of them. I think they're both great. I thought you were going to combat me with Jason Lee versus Bob Odenkirk. Well, Bob Odenkirk's not the bad guy. No, but I mean, he he's there. He's awesome in it, though. He's, he's like, so excited. He's so gung ho. He is. But that's my number three, John. What's your number two? My number two. Because are we at like three? Hours I haven't now? done my number three. Oh, you haven't done your number three. Go ahead. What's uh, your number three? My number three is going to be <laughs> a quiet place. 
Oh wow, you saw it. Wow, I, I, I didn't see it. I I I really enjoyed it. This is oh this is uh my boy Scott Grayson in the room. Mm-hmm. When she feeds him, she's gonna make us pizza rolls. Oh wow. We got uh, an air fryer. Ooh. Merry Christmas to me. Uh, <laughs> is uh, Kristen Stewart going to uh, visit you while she, you're making the pizza rolls? I don't know what that means. My wife Never. even questions, does Kristen Stewart like pizza rolls? And don't act like, it's, oh, what are you guys, not informed in the world of Kristen Stewart and pizza rolls? It's a it's an SNL sketch. Oh. Sorry. I stopped watching them in 2001. Okay. Okay. Keep going. A Quiet Place uh, is a world where you need to be quiet because there are uh, monsters that hunt you down and kill you if you make a noise. And this is uh, written and directed by John Krasinski, also starring him and his wife. (laughs) Emily Blunt. Blunt. Uh, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. (laughs) And this, this movie was amazingly well done. I love... Um, horror movies, suspense, sci-fi movies, like these are uh, things that I love. And this kind of takes all of those, mashes them into one, and is done incredibly with barely any dialogue. Hmm. This movie tells an incredible story with just heartfelt looks, emotion, just drawn from the characters without having to use any words. And it is so well done that it would have to be in my in my top my top five my top three, and I think it's uh, it's something that you need to sit down, you need to turn the cell phone off, and you need to pay attention. And when I went to see this in the movie theater, it was one of those things that like if anybody's making noise, it will distract the entire theater because. It's a silent movie. And when we went to go see this, I was very like, I really hope nobody's making noise. And anything. Russell with like, their popcorn bag. Three, like, you could feel it, like, three rows back. Like, some guy is trying to open up his Sour Patch Kids. And you hear this, oh, like... Sour Patch Kids is so good. You hear this, like... You hear, you hear like, crinkle, crinkle. And you, like, this, like, sudden pause. Crinkle. No noise. <laughs> Crink, and then the guy just stopped. He didn't even bother opening his Sour Patch Kids because he was like, "I can't fucking do this." This movie, and the movie starts on such a note. It, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody with any kind of spoilers, but in the beginning, something happens that you're like, "Holy shit!" Who'd expect them to do that in the beginning of the mm-hmm. film? That just sets it up that nobody is safe. What right. is going to ha- What is what this world is? has it doesn't have any boundaries it doesn't matter if you're a toddler or this these monsters will kill without any hesitation mm-hmm. because they are just searching for anything that makes noise and the society that they set up is easily shown shown not told mm-hmm. and it's just extremely well done and when they said that they were making a sequel to this movie i just i i rolled cuz it's like there's no way you can do it the way that everything was set up and this world that they built is not one that easily can just go like, oh, here's a sequel to it. Like, yeah, people don't talk because the, they go after noises. So, wait, you're saying that it's very su- suspenseful 
and entertaining to watch John Krasinski. Jim from The Office. Yeah. Mug silently at the camera. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Uh, no, that was funny. He has, like... <laughs> That's all I wanted was to make Chris laugh. You don't need to respond. It's fine. I got, he I has got what that, I wanted. He has, the, he has the moment in... He has the moment in this movie that is extremely heartfelt. And it's supposed to be, like, what they wanted to do in Man of Steel when, like, the tornado's coming and it's gonna mm-hmm. kill Pa Kent. Oh, yeah. And he does that, like, stop. Don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't. Don't. Don't, don't give And then he dies out. and you're like, well, that's the stupidest thing ever. John Krasinski has that moment in this movie where you're like, oh my god! Like, tears running down your face. Like, I can't believe he did it, Daddy. Don't do it. Like, it's like one of those moments that it's like amazingly heartfelt and done with the character signing mm-hmm. to his to his children because that's where you know that's where this movie is and with him saying all that and risking like giving mm-hmm. his life to save his children you're like oh my god like it's impactful it's emotional everything about this movie and where it goes is fantastic. I'm sad to say I haven't seen it yet, but I'm just waiting for it to pop up on Netflix or Hulu or something. And I, when it does, turn the cell phone off and just sit and watch a movie. Oh, I, you know I will. We used to go to a friend's house to watch Lost, and we would get mad if they were be talking through uh, it. We had rules. If you didn't follow the rules, you were shunned out of the room. And it was just by Chris and myself. Chris, you're number two. We, uh, my number two. Hey, you know what? I don't care if you hated this movie. I loved it. I'm going Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Again, much like my number three pick, this was a movie that everyone was like crazy for going into it. But after it came out, they're like, whoa, no, I hated it. Just to be contrarian. I really enjoyed this movie. This set up so many questions that I can't wait to have answered. And just said it's going to take two years for it to happen. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I always want to know more about this universe. I'm glad that I'm getting more about it. I'm just upset that it leaves me with questions. And I know it's a series of films. Like when they signed the deal, we're going to be getting five of these fantastic beast movies. Do we need five? Maybe not, but am I happy we're getting them? Heck yeah. Well, it was um, originally said to be a trilogy. Yeah. And then after the first one came out, they were like, we're going to do five. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping we still get five. This one didn't perform up to the standard of the original Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them or the actual Harry Potter franchise itself. I really enjoyed this movie. I went in with some trepidation just because of the buzz going on around it. I came out of it just so excited to text uh super friend of the show Janet to see if she has seen it yet because there's stuff coming out of this movie that does have ramifications for mm-hmm. what you know about the characters of Harry Potter uh, I loved it it's my number two pick I want to know more fight me I can't fight you Chris because that is actually my number two pick as well Hey, uh, I do feel like uh, the only part that I, I kind of agree with the vitriol from the internet is uh, the Nagini stuff, where I do feel like that's kind of shoehorned in there just to 
just have her show up just because. Oh, okay. Like, does... but we're going in like in the bubble though, where mm-hmm. you know we're getting like three more of these movies, and they're introducing a character. It's very different from looking outside the bubble, or as like a casual fan to be like, oh, well, they're putting her in here. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, it, at the first look, it's like, why are they putting Nagini in here? Why is she human? Mm-hmm. I, I kind of go in with that hopeful perspective. I don't mind that okay, Nagini is something see... more than just a snake. Like, I don't yeah. mind that. I just, like, feel like it's, oh, okay, we're we're just shoehorning this in just to give more, you know, like, uh, c- connective tissue. Like, I don't mind stories being set in that wizarding world that aren't connected to, you know, the rest of Harry Potter, to the Harry Potter story. Like, I don't mind it being its own thing. Like, I enjoyed that, that it was its own thing in the first one. And that's the but only... The character, the character herself, and then turning into the stake Nagini, doesn't... It doesn't feel like it should flow into where she ends up with right. Voldemort. And it feels like you're. they're just saying... This person's Nagini. Remember Nagini from the original series? It, it, it feels like instead of connective tissue, just like just like a a, a rubber band strung over to the other story, okay. just to try to well, linch them together. How, like, how would you feel versus seeing it in a movie versus having this be an article or a post on Pottermore? Right, or in like because in a book, it could have been something that was just. Post on Pottermore, where it's like, oh, he, random date. Here's the posting where you get the secret history of Nagini, like, and the mm-hmm. person who was Nagini before they succumbed to the blood curse that forced her to live as a snake, and then she fell into like Voldemort's service. Right. Well, it, the, it, you're the saying like, we're we're in a, like an information age now, where we're getting that story on one side, but we can also be getting it on another, mm-hmm. and. I feel like people are just receptive on one side versus they don't want to see it on the other. Well, the thing I'm just having to get any more information about any of these characters. It was just like, hey, here's more information. I don't care how I get it. Oh, here's more information. Where it's when it's in a movie, where it's like the the story's being told, and then they just throw that kind of it. It feels kind of thrown in where it's just trying to be connective tissue instead of being. More story, it feels like less story. I know it, that's kind of I'm. It, I know no, I'm not it, saying it right, but no, I hopefully I, get that across. I see where you're saying that, but then just to throw it over to one of my other favorite characters on Pottermore, they released the history of Minerva McGonagall, where she grew up. She had a muggle lover. They got married. Things didn't work out. I. I love knowing that in the history. Mm-hmm. That, that carried weight for me. I'm sad to think that if they had just put that in a movie, it'd be like, oh, or they're just putting it in there to be more stuff about McGonagall. They're just putting the content out there, and you're just consuming it in a different way. That That's all I saw this as it being. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's my only knock it, on it. It, 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 it just it Everything hurts my heart good. as it hurts my heart as a Harry Potter fan to see people hitting something that they love with just 
such venom and vitriol. And even going back to like Last Jedi or Solo, you're a fan of something. You don't have to like every single thing that it is mm-hmm. or does. Well, even if you think about like Return of the Jedi, how many people hate yeah. Ewoks? But if you ever talk shit about Return of the Jedi, they'd be like, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. It's original the trilogy. Like, s- that's amazing. Thing. And you can even go like 20 years after that with the prequels. Like, a lot of stuff coming out of that. Not great, but I'm a Star Wars fan. I don't hate anything from those movies. I, uh, Phantom Menace. I, no, it's, I, I it's tried not, to go back and like the Jar Jar Binks stuff, great. everything. The only thing good is if you watch you the, and McGregor. End, the end battle scene with Darth Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan un, uninterrupted, just their battle, their the, fight scene. The That's duel the only good thing through. about that movie. The thing is, I, I don't like the precedent. It's a, I hate myself. I really do. <laughs> All right. The, the thing that I don't like about that fight scene, yes, it's cool. Yes, it's awesome that they're flipping around and doing all the lightsaber things. But the original trilogy set it up that these lightsabers are so powerful and so massive. It's like fighting with a claymore. And all of a sudden, they're pl- pl- fl- flipping these lightsabers around as if they're like rapiers. But they are. The only reason like in the, the reason- original trilogy that they weren't doing that is, one, they had Alec Guinness... And a guy in a suit who could barely move, and they didn't have the ability to make them flip around and have cool well, fights. They That's even why said, those well, fights are so static and so like. Eh, eh, eh. They even say in in the whole mythology that le- that surrounds it. That, okay, so yeah, maybe that's a reason. Like Solo movie- was being hunted by Greedo because he stole his vest. <laughs> Don't talk to me about original. Tr- Don't talk to me about it, Lore. <laughs> The whole lore that built up around the original trilogy with the lightsabers is because it's such a powerful device. It was so it's like hard to wield. It's it's different. You know, it takes precision. Dude, when they close those everything. blast doors and Qui Gon Jinn's like turns his saber yeah, on and like, is like Zzzz. at that point it's like no there and there's and you they, have like Darth Maul like pacing back and forth. Oh man, yeah, Qui Gon, it's just meditating. Yeah, and you have like Obi Wan like stuck like two doors back. Just like, what do I do? I don't know. I'm a newbie. It's like, you you sold me on Phantom Menace, like, right now talking about it. Like, <laughs> I want to watch it again, but I don't own it. I can't. Uh, you don't want to watch it again because there's so no, much. I, there's so much in no, between not, all of those great. scenes. I know. But at the same point, like, I don't. It's not good. Do and I can recognize that. But I don't hate it. I would never talk, like, complete shit about it. I believe I, I just know. did, Fantastic and I hate beasts. myself a little bit. Whoever else is next, I don't know how we my, do the sneaking things. My, John! My number two know. is going to be Avengers Infinity War. Wow. Hmm. This is something that I thought was uh, a good movie when it came out. We actually, all three of us, went to go see it for our second time. We had those conversations. Mm-hmm. We talked about it, talked about it. And then... I just last week rewatched it, uh, and I was just like, "Holy shit, this is a good movie!" And I think it has so much to do with the buildup of this universe. Everything from that first Iron Man movie to this point, and I've watched everything in between it. I've seen it all almost on the day it released. 
And this world has been building and it's taken me to this point. And I think, one, it's just an extremely well done movie. It ties in all those characters, everything that this world has been building towards. And I think it's absolutely done fantastically. And I think it's probably, at this point, it's probably one of my favorite Marvel movies. I think everything about it and where it's gone, it feels like it's like you have like the Marvel movies, they're their own thing. And then this is like this side project where they tie everybody in. Mm-hmm. And I think it just is done well. Everyone has their moments, be it not extreme. Like everyone complained that Captain America didn't get enough moments, but it almost wasn't about him mm-hmm. in this in this part of the movie. In the next movie, I think you're going to get so much more Captain America. Yeah. But he's small potatoes in this, and you have more of the Stark and Spider-Man and Guardians because they're the ones that are going to be taking it on. And that's their story in Infinity War and Endgame. You're going to get more Captain America. I think it's just really, really well done. It ties the universe that they've created together. And with Endgame, if that's the end of this universe and then they kind of branch everyone else off on their own, I'd be fine with it because I kind of got a completion to what they've been creating for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes this my number one. Ooh. I figured it was going to be somebody's number one. It it has to be because everything you said, John, like everything that they had been teasing and working towards with like the subtle crossovers and then we finally get something like um, Civil War where you get the big crossover fights it's all been building towards something like this and they have done so much work in the past 10 years leading up to it that it it works on paper it seems so crazy and like we said like three or four like episodes ago with the Avengers movie where people are like, Oh my gosh, like we can't believe they're crossing over these four superhero movies into one. No, like now we're looking back where we have multiple franchises, not just singular superhero movies working into one movie. Cause at this point we've had three, uh, Captain America's three Iron Man's quote unquote, two Hulks. Mm-hmm. Like well, every two and a half, it, I would call Ragnarok a half. Truth, truth. It all still works, but they go into this knowing, like, no, if you're seeing this movie, you've seen everything else we've done. And the fact that this is like one of the top grossing movies of the year shows, like, yeah, they have everyone on a hook. Everyone's going to see this movie. And they made it work. And that's such a huge undertaking. That's what put this above other, like, Marvel movies like Black Panther or Ant-Man and the Wasp for me, because yes, those movies are great. They draw on other things that have happened previously in the Marvel universe. But man, like this was an event like this and Star Wars last Jedi for me are like the two biggest movies of the past two years that I went to go see in the theater. Paul, it didn't make my list. You're number one. Oh, uh, no, all I want to talk well, about. No, he was number two, right? No, I did my number two. It was the same as oh, yours, sorry. Crimes of Grindelwald, and that's uh, right. Okay, we're looping through. Sorry. And then, uh, so I, I just want to mention uh, 
I'm taking a punt on uh, Avengers Infinity War until I see Avengers Endgame. Because you're saying, John, that, hey, maybe Captain America has a bigger story. And that 89% per chance is going to be true. Like, Captain America is going to have a big... But what if it doesn't? Even, I think even if even he doesn't... With- even if he doesn't, that moment where they're in like the subway station, and like Proxima throws her, he steps spear out of the, the shadow with the shadows. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, like that alone, Captain America doesn't need to appear in anything else after that. Because I'm like, fuck yeah, Chris Evans, do it. Well, you have you have Captain America scene there. You have Captain America scene when like they open up the gate and everyone starts running and Black Panther and him are pacing mm-hmm. each other oh, right yeah. in there. Yeah. You also have the scene where he's one of the first people to show up with Thanos and he catches the hand and he's mm-hmm. holding the hand. Like yeah. Captain America has his moments. Everybody has their beats in mm-hmm. this. Right. And even like, I mean, Quill's beat might not be the best where he, but it's true. This he character. ruins it. Yeah. But, Everybody yeah, has you, their beats. You can't fault them. As, that, an, as, as just a movie tying in all of these worlds, all of these characters, what is it, almost 20 characters mm-hmm. who have, they all have their moments. Even uh, Black Panther's bodyguard mm-hmm. has great moments within those battles and within the, all those scenes. Everybody is given a moment to shine. They might not have most of the spotlight, but they all have a moment. And even if Endgame isn't that great, I will still think Infinity War is good. I yeah. was I've seen the movie two times. Mm-hmm. I know everything. Only, only two times? Oh well, no no no! I've I've seen the movie two times. I know everything about the movie leading up to production. Like because we follow mm-hmm. these things, yeah, we yeah. talk about them for the podcast. Except for Captain Marvel. Uh, Don't spoil uh, except it. For except, for, Marvel. except for the Captain Marvel. But I'm sitting here. I I'm sitting. Back, Watching Thank it you. day after Christmas, my mother-in-law arrives, and my mother-in-law, like, we're kind of like, she's warming up her lunch, mm-hmm. I've already eaten, and she's making all these noise, and I'm getting so annoyed at this woman for a movie I've seen twice before and know everything about, mm-hmm. that she keeps talking, and she keeps making noise, and getting up and moving, and I'm like, woman, will you sit down? This is not the time. Are you going to, I I don't, I don't, should I pause it? Like, I'm getting annoyed with her, but I shouldn't be because it's a movie I've seen twice before. Like, I, it's on Netflix. It, I can pause it, rewatch it anytime I want. But because it's a good movie, this though. movie has, it has me. And mm-hmm. as soon as it starts, it's captured my attention. That my mother-in-law, a woman I love more than my mother... <laughs> <laughs> Good thing they don't listen to the podcast. Uh, is doing like just minor things mm-hmm. is annoying the fuck out of me. That yeah, like I'm like oh man, and that's when it clicked to me. Like I'm watching this, I'm like, dude, there's no reason I should be as upset internally as I am. This has got to be on my top my movies of the year. And that's at that moment when you had that realization that you shouldn't be as annoyed as those minor inconveniences while watching a movie is when they decided. The gods have decided that you could become a father. <laughs> and then the next day. Uh, pretty close. <laughs> uh, he has the patience now. Gift him his son. So this movie is my number two. Chris is number one. What's your number one, Paul? Uh, that would be Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> John called it. You did call it. It's, it's a fun ride. 
it is just just scenes stunt scenes after stunt scene after stunt scene that you're like I don't know what insurance company allows him to do it but God bless him and if he ever dies doing these stunts like it's going to be the best thing on film ever. so on film in this movie because I've seen right. this movie I think it's very good it probably it would be up in my top 10 it, it's that scene where he jumps out of the business window and lands on that building and almost doesn't make it, he breaks his ankle. Ankle, yes. And then gets, gets up, up and, and continues keeps running. to running. And that's the scene they use because he was like, "There, I just broke my ankle. We're never going to get this again. Mm-hmm. I need to finish the scene. Yes. That's how crazy Tom Cruise is. Yes. Tom Cruise is crazy. Like, they literally thought he might have died when they do the other scene when he's on the helicopter and then he just... Because I don't know if it's scripted or not, where he decides to fall off the helicopter to land on the the big. Oh, I think it's scripted <laughs> because and he falls in such a way that they're like, he might be dead. There goes our paychecks. Like, and then he starts climbing back up. Like, I think this is definitely. I think like I think it goes. What's the one where um, they brought it back? The bright the bird one. Ghost oh, Brad Bird is Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol, I would say Ghost Protocol, the original one, and then this one and then for Fallout. Wow. For Fallout, I still enjoy. I could I could sit down and watch that first one. I think it's <laughs> excellently made. It's a good espionage movie. Yeah, and people have been ripping off that whole like dropping down, like can't touch the floor thing, ever since. Oh yeah, there's some, and these Mission Impossible movies, like those stunt scenes, like. They're insane. They're crazy. This and we haven't even talked about the freaking skydive. Oh that, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> skydive, which good one. and I have to say, uh, Henry Cavill is great as the oh. villain. He's good heavy. Like uh, great you heavy. need him in more roles like that, mm-hmm. where he's just this brooding, like this big brooding, like elephant in the room. That's sorry, 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 not. Are you talking about? Are you talking about Superman? Yes. Yeah. And okay. he. He needs to reload his own fist. Like he, goes, he takes off oh, his man. jacket he, and he goes. He takes his coat off and he's like, mm. and he's like, reloads. and then he just like throws a dude through a wall. Come on, uh, you prefer no, a scalpel? I prefer a hammer. And his last name. It's, it's just a lot of fun. I went to see this with my dad in the theaters. Going to see a movie with my dad, Mister Paul, is one of the best movie experiences you can have because that guy enjoys. Everything he does on the like me. That's why you like he me. Just, just it doesn't matter. He paid for the seat. He's happy to be there. He's happy. He'll live on the edge of it. <laughs> he, yes, he. It's just so much fun just to watch things with him because he just like reacts to things in such a pleasure. You know, and he's enjoying it. It's not like a rolling of the eyes. There's no cynicism in my dad. No. And that's what I love about my dad. That's what I love about, you know... It, where, did, where did you get that? I don't know. Cynicism? <laughs> the, From the my world. mother. The world, the world did it to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Life. It's just so enjoyable to watch something with my dad. And, like, maybe that's, you know, gives me rose-colored glasses with, with, this, with this movie. Uh, I did buy it for him on Blu-ray for Christmas, but I also bought him the, like, five-pack of all the movies. So I did give him the five-pack, and I kind of kept Fallout for myself. But the thing is, I'm only going to watch it with my dad. <laughs> so also, I love that the moment your dad gets set and he goes, I don't have a Blu-ray player. He does. 
My dad. No, I know. Your dad's Mr. Technology. <laughs> My dad's on the bleeding edge. He's like... Your dad told, like, the one day he's telling me about this whole, like, pad he has to draw and how Oh, the sync tick pad. Yeah, and he's telling me about that for, like, 45 minutes. And I was just enthralled, like... <laughs> Man, technology is crazy. And he's like, yeah, you know what you have to use? To, you a tablet, I had to use a ruler and do this, and this technology. Yeah, you can just do it now. Your dad's great. My, dad's, my dad was a draftsman from back in the day. Like, that's what he went to school for. So he's been, like, the reason I had computers growing up is because he always used computers to do his job. See, we used to always say, Paul has two brothers and a sister. Mm-hmm. And we used to always say that Paul's younger sister was the coolest McGowan. Oh, but I stand by that. She's and so I still cool. have to say, she's the coolest McGowan. And then it's oh, Mr. That Paul. And then it's, and then it's Paul. <laughs> and here's the thing. Like, man's name's not even Paul. We just, I just started calling him Mr. Paul. Hey, to be on the platform with those two is great. It's like well, winning Ross. You have Turd and Kusak. <laughs> like, uh, what, what else you got there? Well, why would you put it like that? Like... <laughs> Just let's just keep it on who who meddles. <laughs> like let's not thank Slovakia for showing up. <laughs> like, no offense to Slovakia, I don't. Uzbekistan for showing up for the hockey Olympics. I don't know. <laughs> yes, thank you, Uzbekistan. <laughs> thank you for showing up. Uh, so my number one is going to be Halloween. This is wow! The- I didn't see it. It's really number one. It's number one. This Dang. this is the sequel to John Carpenter's Halloween. Uh, anything after one does not exist in the storyline, but it doesn't mean that things that happen throughout two through ten don't exist because there is. This is a sequel and homage. There are so many things within this movie, if you're not aware of the history or anything that's going on with the Halloween franchise, that you won't get. Like, a great moment is there's a moment with trick-or-treaters coming by, and they're wearing the Halloween masks that are the killer Halloween masks in Halloween 3, which is the only movie that doesn't star Michael Myers in it. They refer to the killings in the original Halloween as the Babysitter Massacres, which was the original title for Halloween. There's so many little nods to this movie that it makes it a great sequel to Halloween. But what also makes it great is the fact that it's also just a really good horror movie. Like, they do a really good job with the story, with Jamie Lee Curtis's character almost 30 years, I think 30 years later. Like, everything about it just really adds up, is a great movie, is a great homage. John Carpenter comes back to do the music for the movie. There's so many things, and they're, they're again, like, there is, um, in the first Halloween movie, you don't have actually any blood. This one, you do have some blood, but it's very minuscule. It's not like predominant. It's not in your face. It's not gore heavy. Hmm. There's so many things about this movie that just add up. And there's a character that halfway through the movie, I'm like, man, this is a great replacement for Donald Pleasance. Uh, I can't think of the doctor's name in it. Uh, Loomis. Loomis. Thank you. 
it's a great replacement for Loomis. And then there's a twist with that character. And it's like, I didn't see that coming. There's so many great things about this movie that when the movie was over, I was like, oh, my God. I cannot wait to watch that again. Like, I want to see that multiple times. And it's so well done. And the fact that it's a sequel and an homage that I, I couldn't not love it. I'm a horror movie fan, and this nails it. Two of your top ten movies, or two of your top three movies were horror movies, so. Yeah. I, Quiet Place, I kind of think of more of a suspense. Hey, I, I just appreciate your list this year, because it isn't movies that I haven't heard of. <laughs> like Okay, uh, fuck you, Paul, first of all. Well, because no. last year, John picked the... That's all every, I get to see. Every, every, every time I try to... St- I tried John to pick- does like the Nightcrawler, and I'm I- like, "Oh, there was a Nightcrawler movie," and he, he then explains it, and I'm like, "No, the Nightcrawler was fantastic." That's I don't care. I'm a <laughs> I I'm a movie guy, and I'm a, a comic book guy, but I love horror movies. We used to have a segment on the show that yeah. was movies. Like I'm a movie guy, and I love movies, and I usually always try to never have a comic book movie mm-hmm. in my top three, because I know that you two are really, are going to yeah. talk about them. The fact that Avengers is my number two is pretty big. But why why wouldn't you think Halloween? Like, why wouldn't you think it would be some type of horror movie? Because I forgot that it even came out. But yeah. no, no, I appreciate that. But Halloween is a movie I recognize and know. Unlike The Nightcrawler and what was the other one that you picked the, last year? Like I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, Isle of Dogs was going to be it would would have made my list if we did a top five. I, I still don't understand why I earned an F U from Chris, but you know, <laughs> I thought you were I, I thought you were in there. Like yeah, you're fine to me. I felt attacked. How? Um, I just wish Isle of Dogs had copped up on something that I had been able to see it because that's one of those movies that I would have gone to see with John. Yeah, but it's not because it's a Wes Anderson. <laughs> Um. So I didn't get to see it. Isle of Dogs was fantastic. It, It'd be my number four. I want to see it, but it's not available on anything yet, so I haven't. A movie that I go to the movie theaters to see would be also my number four. <laughs> well, what's your number one, Paul? Because I think you're the only one. No, no, I did. Mission is number one. Let's get oh, okay, let's get over. Uh, there was uh, there was conver- controversy. Ooh, I think. Ooh, okay. Last ooh. last year. Ooh. I said, hey, Ooh. guys, there's a lot of streaming things. We should do a second segment or add those in. And I was poo-pooed. This year... Well, no, no, because we always used to do, like, the games that we were playing. Yeah, the video games. Yeah. <laughs> and we haven't done that in years. Stop playing, playing video, video games. games. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. World so of Warcraft. Now, so, okay, now TV or, TV or streaming TV is... Take its place on the list. Uh, but I got poo pooed this year. Everyone's like, "Now nah, we saw some good shit this year. Which I'm going to jump in because I'm going to segue off of the last thing that we talked about with Isle of Dogs. With, I'm really glad I got to see a series of Unfortunate about season two and season three launching on January 1st because it's the most Wes Anderson y of TV shows that's available on any kind of streaming device. Uh, season two is my number two. I think wow. the production value of these shows, how well they're orchestrated, the actors and caliber and performances they get, I think is phenomenal. I think it's... And, but here's, here's what's 
the only thing that bothers me about these shows, because I love a series of unfortunate events. I love the books. I loved the movie, even though it was a little bit misguided. I love the series. It's done on such a budget that everything is green screened. Uh, I, I would I would say so, but also I don't know how else to expect that movie or a TV series to be done. Yeah, I think the production value, the costumes, everything just add up with that for the produ- for for what it is. It's a it's a I pay a le- what eleven dollars mm-hmm. a month to oh. be able to watch it. I'm totally fine with that. I think it's it's so well done, and I'm not a I I'm not a book fan. I saw the movie. I saw the. I I watched the first series because I was interested because I did like the movie, and it's a book series that I've always wanted to go back and read, but I haven't gotten around to oh. it. But I. Oh, they're they're great, John. They are so good. I know. I I'm a Audible subscriber, hmm. and I the books are re- read by Tim Curry. Oh my god! I didn't know that. The late so, Tim Curry. So it's one of those ones that it's like. Uh, should I waste my free credit to buy it, or just pay, do it, or just pay the nine ninety nine to do it because they're cheap? Because they're only four hours. The books are so short, so it's like ah, I'm wasting they're a fifteen dollars really credit books. for four ninety nine. Uh, I, I love a series of unfortunate events. The books are short, yeah. so you might not get your bang for the buck like doing it through Audible. Uh, but on Netflix, like this show completely knocks it out of the park. It's so well done. It's so great. I liked the movie when it came out years ago by uh, Barry Sonnenfeld, who also works on the show. But what I learned over the course of the past year between season two and then season three coming out on January 1st, 2019, is everything that the writer, Lemmy Sinkett, a.k.a. Daniel Handler, Handler, and Bray Sonnefeld had done for the movie, was thrown out, and then someone else worked on, mm. shows me why the movie just didn't nail everything down. But here's but the thing. I've, this, this show is fantastic. I think my number two is either going to be your number one or number twos. I don't know. It, it's really tough to say. I don't think um, my number three or number two may be your guys' list at all. Really? Right. Who, who knows? Is it did X Force have a show? <laughs> no. X Factor is what I mean. Uh, X Force. The throw of that. X Force is um, what we say. I, I'm just so happy that I got two seasons of unfortunate events within, I think, eight months of each other because the last season came out like March or April. I don't remember. We've watched two episodes already of season three like my wife and i Mm -hmm. i would i would be farther i I binged it and i'm sad well we got a baby so it's like watching it between like feedings and pumpings like it's like "Eh, we gotta let's do it this hour but yeah i we probably would have watched more of it if we weren't like we need to go to bed now because we have to get up in two hours every two it's so well done um Everyone do their number threes? No, I haven't done my number three. Oh, what's your number three? Nailed it. Holiday. (laughs) No, that's not my list. (laughs) Is it? 
Yes. So much fun, right? Like it's a reality <laughs> it's a 30 minute reality TV baking competition where they bring in people that are not professional bakers. They're like me that just are trying their darndest to make the exquisite like crazy over the top thing that uh, that's available. Like and I I felt that way when I tried to make a uh a tr- a uh, what is it? A Twizzlers inspired cake oh, for man. somebody, and it was just turned Think out back awful. Back of when? What was it like? A was it a creme brulee that you made for your wife that I uh-huh. was there for with the lemon and the thyme? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, was it a creme brulee? It might have been. Yeah, I made a passion fruit creme brulee, a lemon creme brulee. It was, and, I think yeah. it was a lemon one. Lemon and passion fruit. It was fruit. the yeah. John o- not John o- John Oliver. No, not John Oliver. Uh, what's the English guy? Oh, no, you're thinking... Jamie Oliver. Jamie you're thi- Oliver. No, you're thinking of when we were all over and I made the, the uh, tiramisu the bread from Nigella, oh. uh, Nigella Lawson's tiramisu. No. It was... I don't I don't think it was that. I think it was a Jamie Oliver thing. Okay. It was... You were making it for some special event with uh-huh. your wife. It was when you guys still lived in the apartment. Yeah, yeah. And I just happened to be like, we were just hanging out, and right. we went grocery shopping, and then you were making it, and I was hanging there and just being uh-huh. obnoxious, and then I was like, all right, I'll go. You have a romantic dinner with your wife. Bye. Uh-huh. Okay. That, that happens a lot, actually. <laughs> it's not. So it could have been that. Just it could have been incredibly. Ten, it could have been a like terrible. Just, just, like, uh, just like Infinity War, 10 years in the making. Yeah, 10 years in the making. But Nailed It is awesome because these people are trying their darndest and they come nowhere close to making the thing they need to make because and nobody in their right mind with that time time limit constraint could ever do that. So and it's that's just what I like about it. Nailed It. As much as I love baking or cooking shows where you're watching the best of the best go mm-hmm. up against some sort of restriction, whether it's time limit or you have to use these ingredients, it's enthralling. Mm-hmm. But to just watch like Johnny Schmo have to go make a the three wise men as like. Cake pops, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, cake pops with so, uh, uh, with sugar foam, with sugar sculpture. It's, it's no, so much fun just to see regular people be put into the space that nailed it. I was so happy watching the first season, and then when they came out with this like holiday edition, I was like, I, I'm going to watch this whole thing the first time. I was going to say, because like, Caitlin and I watched the first season when it aired, oh. then we watched season two. I don't know if we didn't get around to watching Holiday. I only saw Holiday. I didn't know there was an actual. Oh, there's two, there's two oh, yeah, seasons. It's a whole se- oh, wow. Yeah, it's a whole series. All it's the same thing. It's the same it's thing. Just, the, it's just is like it the same, uh, same host, too? Because that yeah. host, it's the, that woman host is so uh, enjoyable. Second season, we were like, holy shit, the French host like lost a ton of weight. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, he turned down. No, he and he's a pastry chef. It's half. surprising. Like they sliced him in half. Oh, wow. He starved himself. Uh, yeah. I, I did not, <laughs> I literally did not expect either one of you to be like, oh no, <laughs> that's no. on our list. That's on my no. list. All three of you for streaming. It? Yeah, no, it's on yeah. their list of best it's on, shows. It's my number three uh, for the it's, year. It's I love, I love nailed it. I like the DIY one too, where they're just doing like things with Christmas ornaments and uh, LED lights, because that's stuff that I would do in my basement. But I wouldn't do it in a half hour. You wouldn't no do it in a half hour. 
takes three weeks. But would you take a half hour to watch your number two? My number two? No, I would need more time to watch my number two. And that's, uh, I would need, like, two hours and, like, 15 minutes, because that's how long it takes to watch Taylor Swift, the Reputation Tour, streaming on Netflix, starting on December 31st, 2018. It made it. it just made I watched it. it on that day. It was a great day. It was a lot of fun. I did enjoy the journey you to Fearless. You only watched it because your wife was sick. Well, we watched it together because we were both in, uh, both interested in it. <laughs> but we watched it together. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I do have to say Journey to Fearless, that tour uh, Netflix series that was on like years ago, is a little is better than this one. This is more mostly just uh, the tour presented as a movie. Uh, I didn't get to go to the tour. Uh, the tickets, we, Kate and I talked about going up to Toronto, but we would have to stay at night up there, and also the tickets and all that. So, uh, it's much you cheaper. Missed, you missed it just for that? Yeah, yeah, I know. So we didn't do it. We should have. We didn't go see Rhett and Link's uh, tour of Mythicality for the same reason. Oh. Which I think is more acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is. But, uh, yeah. I so. don't think it is. I don't think it is. Because uh, what is Red and Link going to do different versus uh, Taylor Swift? I don't know. We bought the the live show on oh. streaming. And oh, stream. it. yeah. It's fun. It's fun. So that's that's basically the same experience I got from uh, watching the Reputation Tour that's on streaming on Netflix now. came out December 31st, 2018. So it counts. It's on my list. It's my number two. <laughs> Chris, your number two? Was it nailed it? Uh, it's, uh, I'm just glad I was able to talk about it on the show. You're, I sent you a picture telling, saying, hey, tell Caitlin, like, this is on my list. Like, this was something that I watched that was worth talking about. No, but I'm not going to talk about it because we already did. Um, I'm actually going to mention Bumping Mikes, and this was a comedy special from David Tell with Jeffrey Ross. Growing up on Comedy Central, I came to love Dave Attell on Insomniac. Hmm. And first of all, I was happy to learn that he was still alive. <laughs> I haven't heard of him in so long. Uh, but then to know that he was like best friends with Jeffrey Ross and they did like a special three night show in New York City, where it's just the two of them on stage telling jokes, kind of like riffing off of each other and then making fun of each other between the fact. I watched these episodes on Netflix and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so much fun. And then it became so much more of a thing when they called out Paul Rudd, who was in the audience <laughs> for one of the shows. And they're like, eh, Paul, come up here. And they're like, eh, this guy's been here. Like, he was, we love Paul. He, he was here on our Friday show, but we didn't call him up, but he came back on Sunday. And it was just like a random thing. And I was like, okay, like, I'm not a big Jeffrey Ross fan. Like, of all the Comedy Central rows, like he's kind of my least favorite part of it. But Dave Attell, like he's Comedy Central legend at this point. Chris, I feel, and I was just happy to see him. I feel the, uh, the exact same way. Like I love Dave Attell, not a fan of Jeffrey Ross, but I enjoyed the show. No, like the two of them together, like it, it's kind of one of those things, and it throws back to something that I want to say Paul sent me. With Jimmy Kimmel and John Krasinski? Yeah. Yeah. 
the two of them are best friends. They play Christmas pranks on each other. Didn't know it. I'm glad I got to see it, though. Uh, and that just completely sums up my thoughts on bumping mics. Uh, this is one of the things, like, if it was available, like, to go see, <clears throat> I I wish I could have. Well, it was, like, uh, so those, what they recorded was the last three shows of their tour. So they did a United States tour. Hmm. And then these were their, th- that was their final, like, hurrah with it. And uh, I feel the exact same way. Like, I grew up loving Dave Attell. Jeffrey Ross, like, when you're, like, a super, like, when I was, like, a super teenager, like, <laughs> the stupid stuff is funny. I thought Jeffrey Ross was really funny. And then the older you get and the more jokes that he makes, you're like, this guy isn't that funny. <laughs> but they definitely give, like, it's a lot of Jeffrey Ross talking and then some great zingers from Dave Attell. <laughs> Yeah, and even like Dave Attell is to comedy as uh, Anthony Bourdain is to cooking. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's it was a really fun watch. Um, we actually started watching it Christmas. No wonder you were excited to see that he was still alive. <laughs> he, he doesn't look too good. Why does he wear such baggy clothes? Uh, we uh, we started watching it Christmas, um, the end of Christmas Day. I think it was like my my mother in law, my wife are still here. Uh, my mother in law, who's a masseuse, was giving my wife a massage because she wasn't feeling very well. And it was at like, oh, let's put something on because Caitlin's not feeling well. That'll make her laugh. And then the next two days, like we continued watching the episodes. Only three episodes, and they're fun. Like the special guests that show up out, out of nowhere. Uh, Jeffrey Goss Ross goes, hey, there's my dad, and it's Bruce Willis, and they make him do a harmonica solo in the middle of the show. Yeah. You know, like, it's just really fun there, and they have comedian friends, people that they've brought oh, brought on to open for them over the, mm-hmm. the course of their tour to come back and have these moments of, of fun with them, and I think it's... And I, I do like the whole bumping mics thing, where it's like them kind of ribbing each other back and forth and when they're like, okay, that's a good one, they 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 touch mics, like they they bump their mics. Like it's a it's a fist bump. I love that like uh Paul Rudd does a really good jab at them and then doesn't realize when they put their mics out that they're expecting the mic jabs. <laughs> uh it no it is a fun one. I I enjoyed watching this and I enjoyed watching it more than I thought I was going to. It, it was literally something I came home from work and I got home and I was scrolling through Netflix and I was like, okay, what am I going to watch just to kind of like veg out and cool down from my day? And I was like, oh, Dave Mattel? Okay. I watched all three episodes that night. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's worth checking out. It, it definitely is. So, Paul, you did your number two. Mm-hmm. Chris just did his number two. And my number two that would is, leave you, yes. is going to be uh, Sabrina. Oh, oh. Well, okay, wow. Uh, did Stranger Things come out this year, or is that... No. Okay, okay. Because no, so now I'm confused as to what could be his number one. It came out this year? I think so. I think it was back in, on Halloween. Halloween of... My that... phone died. I can't look it up. Um, oh, no, no. No, you're right, because it was Halloween last year, yeah, so it was 2017. Yeah, 2017, yeah. yeah. Uh... Uh, Sabrina, I thought was extremely well done. Production mm-hmm. value, 
mimics the feel of the comic book that Paul you brought to the table and got us involved in. It was also one of those things that like I tried to talk Caitlin into watching. She was kind of hesitant. I told her to download it. And as we're playing the first episode, she's on her phone. And I'm like, are you paying attention? She's like, I'm reading the first issue. I'm like, why? Don't read it while we're watching it. Like, watch it uh, watch it now because I'm watching it and uh, read it later. Uh, I thought it was incredibly fun. I thought all the actresses and actors who were in the movie did a great job. They captured that feel. The opening scene, which is just basically covers yeah. uh, uh, brought, to, to brought to life. I thought this, this, this was not only great. But then when they did the Christmas episode, I was like, ah, oh shit, my I got another one before season two. Let's go. I, everything, I think, is so well done with tying in this character that when you think about it, like, is what, like, a 50s Archie's character yeah. that's just, like, it was nothing, you know? She paled around with Casper the Ghost. Like, n- there was nothing. Oh, my gosh. That would be the best Netflix crossover. <laughs> It, it might just, happen. It just was. It, there just wasn't anything there. But this ser- this series takes it serious, and everyone does a great job. And uh, yeah, number two, loved it. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, I'm a sucker for any time that a show redoes their opening sequence with a Christmas theme for the Christmas episode. Uh, the only one that I can think of, uh, I know, I think Tim the Toolman Taylor did it on but his step episode. by step, step, uh, and uh, then the Urkel show, whatever that was called. Uh, they did it too. They I don't know. It. I'm just naming. I'm just naming. I don't think oh. they did. But uh, I, wow. I know the seventy. Yeah. That seventy show did it the, with the betrayal. Wow, where they just had a bunch of snow falling down, uh, and then Sabrina did it. Oh, thank you so much. Um, with the you know with a little bit of a difference, you know, just to. Let you know something special is going to happen. Each and every episode, something special is going to happen with this show. Uh, well, what what got me about the holiday episode is it's kind of required watching. It's basically mm-hmm. like season one point five because it picks up right where the season left off, and it's like, okay, no, we're we're telling the same story. Like you need to watch this one. It's not standalone at all. But even to go back to what Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was is it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. I watched it as a fan of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, as a fan of the Roberto Aguirre Sacasa Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And it delivered kind of on both of those spectrums. Like it picked up on everything that I wanted it to be, and it delivered. And I loved it, and I can't wait for the next season. This was on my list, and I'm glad I get to talk about it now because I can talk about something else that I enjoy. Well, I don't enjoy anything else, so that's my number one. (laughs) Chris, uh, your number one? Uh, And this is also going to be from Netflix. Lost in Space. Hmm. I went into this with very low expectations, but then that first episode just it really hooked me in with just the drama that they had going on with the Robinson family landing on this planet uh, and then the drama with the robot and then the daughter getting stuck underneath ice that was like nope she's gonna be dead I was so dragged into the show and then 
you oh my oh my gosh I wish I had wrote it down but who uh actress who's playing Dr. Smith oh oh um oh what's her name I can't think of her name I know and I feel terrible my phone died so I can't tell you because it, it was so a left field with Dr. Smith kind of <laughs> being more of the antagonist like faking her identity to get onto a ship to escape to like the colonization project this is this is kind of like the little show that could that I didn't expect it to be because I saw the Lost in Space movie in theaters when it came out with Matt LeBlanc and Lacey Chabert and I was like uh no. Yeah, it was I, bad, and we I were young movie, enough. I saw that movie opening night, and when you went to go see it opening night, you got a free cassette tape of the soundtrack. Oh, I thought they would have given you a free CGI monkey creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, not great, but this show, oh my gosh, like, it was so well done. There was so much drama, but still, like, family characterization to it that I really hope we get a season two. I don't know if there is going to be one, but I really want it. This was my number three. It's Parker Posey. Parker Posey. Parker Posey. Yeah, she was in Superman Returns. Uh, This was my number three till I remembered that season two of Unfortunate Events came out. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to ship things around because the the whole reason I want to talk about unfortunate events is because by the time we do the 2019 look back I'm not going to remember season 3 debuted January 1st it was such a great show though uh, yeah and, the, and it's the it's the basically the finale it's the, it's the, the end, end of the book it's the, the last book chapter 13 is called the end and you have the end of the series here it's really well done so Paul you you did Sabrina as your number one mm-hmm my number one is The Haunting of Hill House. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I keep telling you, Chris, to watch it. It is one of the... It is the best show on TV right now. The way they are able to intermingle the stories of these children growing up in this haunted house to how it has inter infected them in their adult lives mm. and what is wrong and how the house draws them back in is so excellently well done. It's so amazingly acted. Even the kid actors, and a lot of times when you have like kids, and these are little kids performing that you're like, oh yeah, like that kid's a really sucky actor. Every one of these kids gives a heartfelt, amazing performance. And not only that, there was a moment in this show that it got me. It scared me. And it got me so good, I paused it, I stood up, and I walked around my living room laughing at how well it's... It's like, I, that got me. I wasn't expecting that. It scared me so well that I, like... It was one of those things, like, when I was maybe 13, I used to love watching horror movies. But I'd watch a horror movie with the remote control in my hand and as soon as the tension got too big for me or too scary i'd hit jump and then i'd jump right back to the movie like i needed that break and that's what this moment did like it gave me that scare that i was like oh man it got me so good i had to pause it and have that moment again as i did as a kid for someone who loves horror this is one of the most well done tv shows 
from start to finish, it just has soul. It has spirit, and not mm. to make these, you know, kind of puns. antiquated puns, but it's like, yeah, it has these things that it delivers, and they're already talking about uh, like a season two. But I want the those the people who were involved in this to make a different horror show that's not like the same thing. And there's like if you go online after watching this and you look up like the ghosts in the scenes, there are so like you'll be sitting there watching it and you won't realize that there was a ghost there. There was this tall man there. There was this face here because you're so involved and you're looking at all the wrong you're looking at like all the wrong things. And when I talked to one of my friends at work about it, he was like, there was a scene like I didn't even see the ghost in the background till my girlfriend pointed out to me. And I watched the same scene and then I realized what he was talking about because it's this family having this deep, deep moment at a funeral for their daughter, like for the daughter and the sister. And then in the background, the daughter is standing there as a ghost. And it takes forever for you to notice that she's even there. So extremely well done. Uh, one of the best shows on TV. Like, I would list it in my top five shows of all time. Wow. That'll take us to our beers. Our favorite beers of 2018. What? 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 Yeah. I'm sorry, what did he say? What year? Top favorite, top favorite beers. And for me, I... This was kind of easier because I just got to go to Untap and looked at what I had rated at a 5.0 review and then took away if it was something that I had had previously, like Flower Power. Uh, so I'm going to say my number one. And this is just... Your number three? Well, no, this is just as, like, no ranking within my top three. Mm. But the first one I will talk about is going to be New Hog Brewing's Dragon Milk Reserve Banana Coconut. I put this at 5.0 on Untapped. And as soon as I thought about it, I was like, yeah, this was delicious. Uh, this was the perfect balance of like banana coconut uh, inside that bourbon barrel aged beer. I absolutely loved it. Hmm. I haven't had any of the uh, limited release... Uh Dragon's Milk, but I do enjoy Dragon's Milk. That is a... I've been trying to get them for you. I know. It's okay. Uh, I know it's okay, but I feel sad I because I wanted sad. to get them for you, Paul. But it's like one of those, for like, oh, I want a bourbon-aged stout. Oh, Dragon's Milk is there. I'll pick it up. It's always there now. It's always there. It's so good that it's always get there. It's one of those beers where people are like, what would you pick up if you could? And it's like, oh, yeah, Dragon's Milk. But I don't normally because there's so much stuff, like we said at the very beginning of the episode, so much stuff to buy. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous right now, like how good the market is. It's, it's stupid. It yeah. really is. It is. <clears throat> and it's great that this is something that is now constant. like, just Dragon Milks on its own is mm-hmm. constantly, like, yeah, on our shelves. That you can go, you can pay fourteen ninety nine, get an 11 and 11% Imperial Milk Stout Asian Bourbon Barrels that's going to taste great every time. Mm-hmm. It, it's consistently available. It's consistently good. Uh, so I went back. I, w- I looked at untapped my check-ins and my thoughts of like beers that I've had. And my number three 
is actually a beer that we probably had almost a year ago today. And that is the Pineapple Upside Down. That's my, my number two. 1821 from Cigar City. That beer wowed the fuck out of me. I mm-hmm. was so blown away by that beer. I came home from that vacation with you guys telling everyone about the, telling everyone about that beer. I'd be like, if I could have gotten it filled in a crowler or a growler or any way, I would have bought yeah, five really of them to bring them home to be able to drink them. It was amazing. The spice, everything about it fit. And for the fact that it was a Blondale, I never thought I would, I'd say my top three beers of the year was a Blondale. Ugh. It was, all, but no. it was really good. It was um, it was amazing. Everything no, about it, it it wowed me. It tasted like pineapple upside down cake, and that's what placed on my list. And just so you know, there's no shenanigans here. I had all of my lists written out pre show. I just took a picture and sent it to the uh, mm-hmm. the group message because coming out of this, it tasted like pineapple upside down cake. It was perfect. You can ask. It nailed every single note. You can ask my wife uh, during episode two of uh, Unfortunate Events. I was making my list, and it's written down as my number three. It was so good, and it Kate was actually there with us. We were playing the uh, yeah. the game with the chips. I she was- she actually she had a sip of yours because you sat down before me, and then I came with a sampler tray uh and sat down and she said my next beer is that Hmm. and then i had to go back up and get her a get her one of those chris do you want to know the uh uh, name of that game yeah what is it no thanks no thanks we played that we played that at christmas it was so much it's it's a great just bar game it is it's my it's my go-to bar game uh that that was my beer that entire day, like everything else we had, there was a beer at Angry Chair. Um, it's like a caramel porter or something, caramel stuff. <laughs> that was my With coffee. I can't remember. That was my beer for the vacation, and that was my beer for probably half the year of me sitting it, there. It was going. so good. Like I'm one of those people. Hot take. I like pineapple on pizza. Come at me. It's fine. Really, I like flavors. Like there's nothing wrong with that. That beer embodied everything of a pineapple upside down cake in liquid form. Like I'm still thinking about it. All I know is uh, my number three isn't as good as yours because apparently I have no soul and I have no memory of anything <laughs> that is great or decent. And I just live a world in a world where everything is just okay. And everything is just IPAs. And they're, fine. <laughs> they're all IPAs and they just rain from the sky. <laughs> and they're all good and nothing's better than anything else that I've ever everything's had. Everything's five stars. And my list basically sees it, uh, shows that. Uh, mine says. Uh, it's a, a surprise. Yeah, it makes my list because it's such a surprise. And this is Ellicottville's Foggy Style. Uh, and it's a, you know, juicy IPA. And it's just a really good, juicy IPA from Ellicottville, who is a brewery I basically written off as, like, they're the brewery that just gives they everybody make the, they make a blueberry, blueberry wheat. wheat and people buy it. And that's what they're known for. And I've gone down to Even though, like, two years ago, they're... 
their peach tea beer was mm-hmm. one of your favorites. It was really good. I really enjoyed it, and this is yet another surprise from them. Then this, I haven't seen the peach just peachy yet again since then. They did it this year. Did they? I just missed it. Uh, but no, it's a really solid, juicy IPA, and I'm for twelve forty nine. Yeah, I showed up. We showed up at the uh, our uh, friend of the show Ed mm-hmm. had a little barbecue. We showed up. I had this beer. And Paul was like, yeah, it's all right. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a little bit later, I was like, hey, this beer is back out, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I picked it up. And then next time we talked to him, I was like, ah, that beer is really good. <laughs> that beer is actually really good. That's life I live. I just am not <laughs> impressed by anything. I'm nonplussed, <laughs> like, consistently. And I really should be experiencing things more, and I just don't. What I, things don't. You kept, like, every time I talked to you, it's like, eh, I picked up another four, <laughs> picked up another four pack of it. Because it was cheap, and it's good, and it's it's decent. It's just solid. It's a yeah. solid thing. That's it's like, a, I mean, I mean to it's, me, it's 50 a, cents more, you get Juice Bomb from Sloop. Well, now, yeah. Which is, I think, is just the, it's one of the best beers you can get. In For the, that, yeah. Well, juice bomb, yeah. But I just found that like what three weeks ago? <laughs> More than that. Yeah. Like when did I pick it up? It was for the podcast I picked it up. You had it you had a cold and you're like, eh, I don't really like it. Oh, I like it. I like and it. Now a lot. you like it now. No, it was it was the sloop um Christmas one, No Santa. Oh. That I was like, ah, it's not as good as juice bomb. <clears throat> but anyways, that's your number that's three. My number three. Uh, my number two is going to be another vacation beer. Uh, but this is when my wife and I went to California. This is coming from Modern Times Brewery. And this is their Necronomicon Maui Waui edition. This is a sour beer with those Maui Waui flavors. This was the beer that, again, is... All I could talk about was how great the upside down cake was when we visited mm-hmm. Florida. The whole vacation, and this was the second beer I had on my week vacation in California, that I measured every beer that I had from then on to. It was amazing. It was this great, sweet, sour kind of beer. It was, out of all the beers at Modern Times, it was probably my favorite. And they had killer uh, barrel aged beers. It was phenomenal. It was so good that we tried to go back there before we left California, and we just couldn't make it in time for when the brewery opened and when our plane had to leave. And uh, what did my wife and I play in uh, at the bar? I was going to say no thanks, but we did. We played... Um, Lost Cities? The card game? No? No, we played uh, Love Letter. Two-player? Yeah, two-player love letter. We usually play that, and we also play uh, Thunder and Lightning. Oh, okay. Those are our mm-hmm. two kind of, if we're just going to a bar ourselves. I can see play. Thunder and Lightning. I, I don't really see Love Letter as a two-player. Oh, player, Love Letter's I'm... great because it's like, we evenly right. matched. Okay. And sometimes you just guess I'm, it right away. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised by this because I had, a, I think, four or five beers from Modern Times because the beer store I had down here, Total Wine, actually had a deal with Modern Times to get stuff into the store. Um, just go onto the website, bangboard.com, search Modern Times. It'll bring up any of the times I had it on the show notes. They were all decently ranked. I remember one of them I just had when I was watching, like, 
the Bill and Ted's movies, they were just great drinkable beers. Uh, yeah, it was it was the best brewery I visited in California. Uh, so that's my number two, Paul. Yes. What's your number two? My number two is going to be another local brewery uh, to Western New York, and that is uh, Forty Two North Preemption Series. Uh, these are great milkshake IPAs. Uh, they did a peach. They've done another one uh, before well, they, they did the they peach. They did their preemption, which was just mm-hmm. a New England-style IPA. The only milkshake one they did was the peach one. Right. Okay. So, but that was part of their preemption series. Yes. And, and that's that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm enjoying this series of just beers. That, just that series. From mm-hmm. uh, I picked up two of them. And uh, the peach one I really liked, which was, I think it was... Moving to the country, it Moving was called to the country. It's the President of the United yeah. States of America. Yeah, song. yeah. So we talked about that on the show. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And their uh, New England style IPA from Preemption, their Preemption series was uh, enjoyable. It's something that I will go and get in the line for now. That when it comes out on a release, that I have nothing better to do that day. But if I have something better to do that day, I won't stand in line for it because you know why. So I can just go to the store. Something better to do. I, I got something better to do, and I can go and like go to a bar, a, a brewery store, and uh, pick up something really good. You can. Yeah. Next time we record, let's do the Red Army. That I we have. We have I have one in my fridge as do well. You have the fresh one. I got a can. I don't have. I got this the year. can downstairs and the bottle from last year. So let's. We'll do okay. those here. Yeah, sounds good. So the, is, has everyone done their number two? Uh, yeah, because mine was the uh, pineapple. Mm. Uh, so, Chris, what's your number one? Uh, my number one is actually going to come from Michigan's Founders Brewing, and this is their Barrel Runner. Wow! And this would no, it's it sounds surprising, but let me talk about it. <laughs> um, this, <laughs> I, 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 I no, I, I just want to be surprised. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're surprised, though. Uh, this was a mosaic. Hopped IPA or PLL. I'm not 100% sure. It doesn't say on the website. Um, but this was a mosaic PLL that was aged in rum barrels. And I came out of it really enjoying it because it was so different flavor profile was from everything else that Modders offers because everything else that they have is going to be some kind of stout or oil that's been aged in a bourbon barrel. And as much as I like that, it was nice to get something different. Uh, I like rum. I'm not big on pails, but hey, you know what? You put a pail in a uh, rum barrel. Yeah, I'm going to drink it. I'm going to like it. Uh, that's why it's my number one. Because it was just so different from everything else that Founders put out. No, it's it should have been in my top five if I paid more attention to beer. <laughs> You know, if I paid more attention to actually ranking them as I, like, drink them and actually remember. You just drink them and like them. And you, you show up and I go, this is great. Yep. And you go, yes, it is. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Next thing, please. Uh, what was that? Uh, what was that porter we had? It was really good. It was really good. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Money, had please. Such a burner. Thank you. Money, please. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It, it's in up. Like, uh, yeah. like you're number one. 
Like my number one, which is a, a, a beer that I heard from John when he went out to a dinner with friends, uh, it which was just started dinner, this year. It was a dinner before we went to a Sabres game uh, last year. Last, oh, but I didn't get it until this year. Probably. Thank you, thank you again, John. And uh, now, whenever I thank go you to, for the crumbs. <laughs> now, whenever I go to a beer store, I'm always looking for a pink uh, four pack topper. You know the plastic pink and silver can pink and silver can and it has that you know the plastic uh four pack holder the ring instead of the plastic rings that and that's in pink and it is uh the industrial arts wrench wrench which is just this great juicy ipa that's just solid every time i have it and it's like the if you want somebody to get into juicy ipas i would say this is the definitive one to go with like you showed this this to them it is the blink of juicy ipas i, I think it was my number one last year it's it's just really really good it's solid <laughs> it's, it's a fucking amazing beer. it's and for the price point it's worth it it's you know it's like okay the four packs available i should pick it up except for dry you wary where i can't pick it up because <laughs> i'm only drinking on the podcast from now on for mm. this month and i'll see how long i can go with doing that wrench is absolutely delicious. it's good. it's it's definitely up there it'll probably be up there as one of the for the most part the best beer that you can get at a continuous <laughs> basis you can stop almost anywhere now and you can find it it's pricey but you know exactly when you spend that money and you try that beer you know exactly where your money's going it's going into an amazing beer uh my number one is a beer that I was given uh, from a regular who went to Dark Lord Day uh, mm. at Three Floyd's Brewery. It's That's a really big good. release in the April time frame. Uh, and he came back and he gave me a bottle. And I had the bottle and it had been sitting on it, waiting to drink it with Paul. And then, uh, what was it, Oktoberfest? It was Oktoberfest. So I was like, oh, you want to? Paul brought a bunch of stuff. We were cracking. Well, yeah, from my uh, Toronto trip. And I I said, uh, I got three Floyds. You want to open that? We can split it with some people. And I opened it, and Paul took like two (laughs) sips out of it and then said, I got to go home, and then (laughs) left. Kate wasn't feeling great, so we left. And I was like, what the fuck? I just opened this extremely rare super beer. I feel really bad about it. I I don't because I drank your portion of it. Yes, you should. Amazing! It was the only beer of 2018 that I gave five stars. Wow! It was an amazing chocolate, chocolate oh. barrel aged imperial stout mm-hmm. coming in at like uh, I want to say 12 percent. Drinks almost like a bourbon chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, no high, no dra- high dragon breath. No- breath. High octane at all. It was absolutely amazing. Um, I would... I might trade my firstborn child for another (laughs) bottle. Uh, Because I can actually say that, because I have one. You have one. Uh, But it is probably up there. I would say Voodoo Brewery and maybe then Three Floyds. Dark Lord is my Mm -hmm. favorite barrel-aged beers. Voodoo Brewery... Mother of All Storms. Okay, wow. Then Dark Lord. That Mother of All Storms is the beer that made us all oh, realize bourbon. that yeah. we like barrel-aged beers. 
it's been five years since we probably had it. Who knows what it tastes like now? Mm-hmm. But that was the beer that went like it clicked in all of our heads how good aging beers and bourbon is. Uh, but no, Dark Lord from Three Floyds, absolutely fantastic. Chris? Oh, I I already talked about mine because my number two is the same as your number two. Oh, that not. And then my number one is Barrel Runner. So oh, I'm done. Oh, your number one is Barrel Runner? Yeah. That's oh, why I was surprised. Yeah. But it's good. I, it would make my top it's, list. It's, it's different. Mm hmm. I, I, I appreciate that. I enjoyed drinking it every time I drank it because every time I drank it, it was with you, Chris. Every time I drank it, it was when I went to the store, I was like, oh, they still have this. I'm going to buy another four pack. Any honorable mentions we wanted to talk about? I know every once in a while we have one or two here. Or there. Uh, the non infringement on uh, Alamater Ale from uh, IPA from Voodoo Brewery. Okay. Which was their uh, East... I forgot what it used to be called because they had... Uh, it was a beer that they brewed and it was going to be a Penn State beer. And then Penn State's like, ooh, we shouldn't have a beer. And they put a cease and desist letter on it. And I bought it twice where it was just a silver label. And they just recently... They just this year re-released it as the Alamater Non-Infringement IPA. <laughs> So uh, I'm going to make that my honorable mention because uh, now you can buy it fairly regularly, and it's a really good New England style IPA. This. Yeah, uh, Blitz and Chips, Pork Chop Sandwich, mm-hmm. like all those IPAs from them were great. Chris, any other uh, from any of the categories honorable mentions that you wanted to name? Um, I I guess beer, just because I can't remember if I talked about it last year after I had first had it, but would be the. Schofferhofer pomegranate Hefeweizen because mm. I can now get that in bottles here. I had it one time on the show after we had had it at the uh, Epcot Food Wine Fest. Again, there, there's not a lot to it. It's just the Schofferhofer Hefeweizen with pomegranate juice instead of grapefruit. But oh my gosh, it's so great on a hot summer day. Uh, and actually, my my honorable mention that I'd bring up would be also a beer. Uh, this would be MC Squared from Equilibrium Brewing. And this is a, I think it's a variant of the MC Squared, but it was like a brown sugar apricot juicy IPA mm. that oh. uh, it would be num- my, my number four. Like it, it rocked my world. It just, it didn't make sense. Like the flavors that no, I was it, having, it doesn't. But that those flavor profiles—I mean, that's exactly what I said. I kind of missed and wanted from the artisan. Was it uh, Christmas bomb from Prairie? Uh, it was. It was like a spice bomb, but it missed any kind of pit fruit. Yeah, uh, so maybe like an, an apricot in there would be nice. Next, like next Christmas air time, Chris, look for Shiner's Christmas Cheer, Shiner Cheer, I think it's called, really? and it's like a spiced apricot beer Christmas. Okay, because you see the Shiner Bach on the stores everywhere, but I always just kind of like look past it. It's just, I mean, it's just a Bach. It's just a, a dark lager. Like yeah. it's, it's not. There's nothing there like super crazy, but the Shiner Cheer. Uh, I think I brought in 30 cases of 12 packs and sold out of those in like two and a half weeks, maybe. 
Um, and that would be 60 12 packs. Like, hmm. it's insane how fast. And I bring in a ton, and it just goes like you wouldn't believe. Uh, but yeah, Equilibrium, one of those breweries I think last year, too, was like, first time I had them, it just like, these beers, this brewery is on my radar. Of anytime I see any of their beers, I'm going to buy it. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that you had or watched or read over the last year, find us over on our website. Let us know on the show notes what you liked. Find us over on our Facebook. Rate and review us wherever you listen to us. It helps other people find the show. Uh, We've been lacking in reviews, but we're always looking for new ones. And... uh, Especially if you're listening to us on Spotify, which, hey, we're available on Spotify now, so... That's a whole untapped market. And as always, uh, (laughs) Happy New Year, and thank you for listening.